All right, it looks as though we're uh, we're recording, and yeah, we've got numbers, and we're rolling, and it's a Cleveland Moto Podcast. All right. So, perfect. Thank you, Oscar. Uh, <laughs> to my immediately left, by the way, small podcast tonight. We've got only five guys here. Cozy so cast. You, cozy cast. I like that. <laughs> to my left, Nick. And Nick. Oh, uh, I rode my Vespa. <laughs> your Vespa? Not, not here. I saw a picture of you, a handlebar-type picture of your Vespa. Was oh. that a Phil Waters captured in flight photograph? Well, as a stoplight. So. Oh, okay. With toilet paper. With <laughs> I, toilet paper I, I at his feet. The, I ran to buy toilet paper. Yeah, you were you were perfect. using your Vespa as the utility vehicle yeah. that it's meant to be. <clears throat> Absolutely. Dragging home toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And how many rolls can a Vespa carry? Uh, that time I carried 12, but I, it could have definitely done the 24. <laughs> oh, the 24, yeah, yeah. The 24 yeah. pack's safe yeah, on a Vespa. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, do if you can squeeze your... Put in there for the rear brake. Just, just, right? <laughs> yeah. just barely mm-hmm. tweak it. Yep. Oscar, how you been doing? Doing great. A lot of CT tuning. It's chooching like a char, man. It's, it's, I'm surprised how <laughs> so good did you that clean, bike. We talked about cleaning the points. Right. I cleaned the points. Did that one, do anything? The exhaust one was a little bit higher where it should be. The exhaust it was, point? Was, oh, the, the valves. The, the valve. The valve. The valve was. The valves. Yeah, I adjusted the valves. Yeah. Not the point. The points were clean. Okay. Um, did you clean them anyway? I cleaned them anyway. Okay. And I, re- and I, and I rechecked <laughs> the, the worst idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I rechecked the uh, the carburetor tuning stuff. Mm-hmm. It's tuning great. It helped a little bit on the on the low end. Your stumble has been taken care of. It's it's doing better. It's still there. It's still there. There's still a bit of a stumble. But it's 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 so clean that it doesn't stall there anymore. Okay. If you just mm-hmm. go you just for it. it. Yeah. 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 And I can even start it without even uh, pulling the choke. Oh, okay. It's just second kick, boom, sometimes. Fires right up. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's it's great. Pretty clean. And I already ordered the uh, the grommets for Well, you know, that the... bike was abused and neglected a lot by the previous owner. Previous owner was a bit of an ass. <laughs> you're, really just, you're really just catching up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the day after I bought it, I started commuting on it back and forth to the shop from my house. It was only eight miles yeah. or nine miles, Lake Road. But what I learned was that if you just pinned the throttle, yeah. And if you just leave the throttle wide open, it will go 49, which is exactly <laughs> yeah. the speed I want to go down Lake yep. Road. Yep. And I made the Lake Road run, the Kessel run, every day at 49 <laughs> miles an hour. But then it also became my winter bike. So Ooh. because yeah. the, the knobbies that knobbies. are on it, yeah. and because that giant, there was a giant stainless steel box on the back that was good for nothing other than it was huge. And if you measure... Boxes by how many helmets they can carry. Mm-hmm. This was a two helmet stainless steel box. Well done, oh, yeah, yeah, big because that plate on the back of the yeah, CT110 is it's a big, big plate. Yep. So I had to fill that plate up with stainless steel box. So I went to Sam's Club one day and they had Russian nesting boxes <laughs> um, that was a stainless steel box inside a stainless steel box inside another stainless steel box. <laughs> And the biggest of the stainless steel box had casters on the bottom of it. It was a Traboxin. Uh, it was a Traboxin. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Traboxin. And yeah, for like $49, I bought the Traboxin. And I was like, two of those boxes are exactly the right size to put on the back of two motorcycles I own. Nice. Mm-hmm. And they had the nice trap case latches yeah. on them and the armored corners. And uh, that was $50 well spent because the one of them is still our hat box over here in the shop. So if you ever buy a hat from us, you'll see that our miscellaneous oh, hat box yeah, yeah. is one of the, the is yeah, the yeah. biggest of the stainless steel turboxin uh, boxes. So nice. that was like that's perfect size for the back of the CT one ten. Yep. I will own you, <laughs> and that is uh, that's fantastic. Sleepy, what have you been riding? Um, 
the buddy every day, no matter what, going, whatever, doing stuff. Uh, I, I can't believe I existed without that thing, unbelievably. Of all the motorcycles I've ever owned, I love that thing. And it's, it's one of the few things that I don't want to do anything to. Right, I just yeah. want it to exist oh, yeah. and live and just do its thing. Yeah. Uh, super T, super T, quite a bit. But um, I did have a life-changing moment on Tuesday. This is uh, in 47 years on this planet. Um, as much as I've hated them and 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 just just disgust and despise them and stuff, I rode a Harley Davidson on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this guy came up after work, and I had ridden to work on Tuesday, and uh, he was eyeballing the Super T, and we got talking. And he's one of those guys. After about five minutes of talking to me, he was a solid dude. He was yeah. like, he's been riding. He's a guy you could you know you'd be like, all right, you can ride my bike. You know, yeah. whatever. He didn't have his head up his ass. No, no. Right. He did have his dad approved. You know, hair. Right, but, exactly. but besides that, you know, everything else was pretty straight. Harley helmet. Yeah, Harley helmet, no gloves, you know. He did have boots. I give him that. He had boots and jeans on. Most was... of the Harley guys do the waist down pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> the, rest is, the rest is up for negotiation. Yeah, right. yeah. But he had a 1,200-something Sportster, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It, would be it, was, it was a Harley-ish looking thing. Yeah. It said Harley on at least four places. Yeah, at least four places. It had two skulls on it. I was into it. It's two skulls. Like, so you're it, like, I can handle that much prison. You know what? I give the dude credit. He had pipes that weren't obnoxious. <laughs> they were like, okay, right? right? So we got to talking and stuff, and he's like, oh, that's a twin. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's interesting. So I guess Harley guys can take a twin. Like, as long as it's a twin. There are steps. Yeah. Right? So, like, he, like yeah. he's feeling it out. He's, like, bi-curious at this right. point. He's that's like, exactly okay, what it is. you got a twin. Yeah. Yep. I, it sounds kind of potato-ish in yeah. some ways, whatever. <laughs> so we start talking. If you would have said it was a triple or a four-cylinder, you'd have been out. Here. He'd have been out. Yeah. yeah. So we, we talk for a while, and, and he sees me loading all my work shit into the bags and stuff, and he's like, wow, that's going to hold quite a bit of shit. I'm like, I don't even have the big box. Like, you know, I only right. use the top box when I need it, so right. I only have the two panniers on the side. And... uh He's like, oh, hey, let me sit on it. So we started with sitting on it. So I sat on him. It was fairly comfortable, you know. Yeah. The, the, Rubbed the, your nuts on it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, and I had my feet out front, and then the pegs were out there and stuff. And it, Yeah, I have to admit, it was comfortable. Yeah. You know, he didn't have stupid eight hangers. It was a pretty stock-looking, well, not stock, but, like, not molested in the way that, like, some guy's trying to be super cool with it his It didn't hand. look on right. Tastefully done. Tastefully done. Thank mm-hmm. you. Though. All right. So he sits on mine, and he's like, oh, it's got some weight to it. I'm like, yeah, and his bike is, like, substantially smaller than my oh. Super 10, right? Well, yeah. But it weighed, like, 75 times more than my Super 10. Like, <laughs> when I pulled it off the stand, I was like, oh, my God, this is a heavy fucking it's, bike. It's like, called the Sportster Iron because it is made of iron. Yeah, it, like, literally <laughs> had, like, this really crazy feeling. So we talk for a few minutes. We jump off the bikes. We talk. And I'm like, well, listen, I'm like, you want to try it? He's like, well, do you mind? I'm like, no. I'm like, you know, it's, I'm like, you know, he's like, well, let's we'll just follow each other. We'll go down. Right. He's like, all right, cool. So he took off, and I rode his bike, and and I didn't hate it. I didn't right. hate it as much as I thought I was going to hate it. And actually, I compared back in the day, way back in the day, I used to have Porsches. Nothing great, but like 944s, yeah. right? Affordable Porsches. Affordable Porsches back yeah. in the day. And they had a slink to them. Yes, they do. So like their transmission and stuff, when you let the clutch out and you hit the gas, it doesn't just go, but it goes, what? Like you get this yeah. like little, like, what? Into like your gear or whatever? Yeah. So I think it's probably the belt drive on the thing, but it, the, the Harley kind of has that what, like that slink to it as you like let off and kind of hit it and go. Usually, it's just it's just dissolving whatever rear suspension travel is there. Right, right. That's usually with a Harley Davidson mm-hmm. because right. the way they operate, it, it doesn't matter belt, or, you know, belt or old chain, what have you. But nobody's ever put a lot of science and technology into the swing arm bushings. No. Of a Harley Davidson, uh, and also the suspensions tend to be on the soft side. Yeah, well, even so in, in I've uh, determined. Even the the new I've ones. determined that if I really wanted to become professional mm-hmm. at drinking a lot and driving something, yeah, 
I would probably get a Harley <laughs> because <laughs> it's really hard not to make that go straight. It's yeah. like once yeah. you get up to 15 it miles an hour, yeah. it's just it like really you don't have to hold the handlebars. Straight. You don't have to do anything. You're just like, like you could be like scratching your nuts, looking behind you, doing whatever. No, they do like straight. Yeah, it's yeah, really good straight. at that. And then when you hit a turn... It, it it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but you have to put some effort into it to get it to move in a different direction than straight. You can ride. I mean, a Sportster in particular, you get a, a, one that isn't like a super low or something that's right. been artificially molested. But if you get a, a real Sportster, they do get through the corners pretty good. It seems but like it, it would, takes but, a lot of effort. But I was about to say, it just feels different. I'm not saying it's yeah. not capable of doing. Right. Because obviously I've seen dudes... Well, but yeah. there's that video out there with the, the sport bike chase. That video, everybody's seen it. Yeah. Everyone's, everybody's seen, everybody's it. seen that video. Getting because the that ass end giving out. Uh, yeah. Getting the ass end out. He's, he's drifting that bike. And he's a quarter time. millimeter from like dragging yeah. a frame and murdering yeah. himself. But the, the, obviously, if the rider's good enough, they can rock it. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. rider knows that bike and he knows that yeah. feeling. Right. And he's not afraid to go into it. No. Seemed to be 100% confident. He did. Those he did. And, they, <laughs> and I wouldn't be afraid to be coming against him in the other lane. No. no because he was kind of... He was managing his ride, and we all know the video we're talking about. Right. Yeah, but well, yeah, he was managing his ride, despite what we would all call chaos. Right. But but know. but at the end of the day, um, I you know I it wasn't an epiphany, and I'm like, well, now I have to figure out how to get a Harley. Like that, that didn't happen. <laughs> it happened to Cameron too. Yeah. And so like, I, at, at the end of it, you yeah. know, we traded back, and I was like, I still have like 37 other bikes I'd rather have in the garage. Right. And some of those are 125 cc's. Like there's, yeah. there's not like it didn't, it didn't give me a boner enough to even like like chalk a grom off the list mm-hmm. compared to what I would like to ride. Do you know what year was the bike? It had to be like a 2000 something. It was mm-hmm. modern. It wasn't modern. new. It was fuel injected, likely. Yeah, probably. No. But then so because yeah, the of that, the sportsters didn't get the fuel injection until pretty late. I got, in the game. I really? got a little bit excited <laughs> because I rode a Harley. So I was yeah. like, you know what, I haven't done in a long time. I haven't gone to Quaker Steak Bike and Lube Bike wife. Night. Oh wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I just on a, on a whim, I wrote a bad check. I beat my wife. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put on a thing. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I went down there and <laughs> had a child out of wedlock. <laughs> no, I, I haven't been so unexcited about a thousand motorcycles in the history of my life. They even had new, like, 2018 Harleys there. Yep. And they're trying really hard, yep. but they're still just the same thing. Would you say, how many, and this is Quaker Steak and Loop. This is a restaurant, what mm-hmm. serves chicken wings. Right. And they made their place, they made their name as a Pennsylvania startup on the, the joke on Quaker State. Mm-hmm. Sharon P.A., the fi- Sharon official P.A., first I one. believe, is the first mm-hmm. one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was it was a play on words for Quaker State mm-hmm. right. oils. And so everything is color-coded like the old Quaker State oil cans. Mm-hmm. And it's automotive-themed for people mm-hmm. who haven't been there. They have gas pumps everywhere, and they have NASCAR Corvettes and, and shit hanging yeah. from the ceiling upside down. And if you're a local area motor-related business, they'll call you a thousand times to donate a motorcycle to hang on cables upside down from their <laughs> ceiling for, I guess, the prestige of having one of your motorcycles hung upside down from their ceiling. But their big thing is like a bunch of hot wings and onion rings and beers. And they have turned into, through a genius bit of marketing, um, they won't open a store unless it's got the world's biggest parking lot. Right. Because Mm -hmm. they do street rods and they do bikes. Right. And every Quaker Steak has a street rod night and every Quaker Steak has a motorcycle night. 
and you can't get near the fucking place. No. Like, I got there... I, and it's always a night that any other business would be totally dead. Wednesday right. night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, this yeah. was Thursday, Thursday. So Thursday. Thursday, so you were in the valley. Yep. Thursday yeah. in the valley. And, you know, I get off work at 5. By the time I get home and stuff yeah. like that, and do whatever. Um, you know, I got down there at, like, 6.45, yeah. and I had to park in the third lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You like, were in the movie theater. Yeah, way, yeah. Well, yeah. way oh, yeah. in the movie theater, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I walk around, and, like, you know, it's they have an ACDC cover band with a yep. guy that... If Chris Smith was here, I was going to show him a picture. Chris Smith was Angus Young. Oh, really? With a wig on. Yeah, yeah he looked that's exactly great. like Chris oh, that's Smith. That's cool. Great. The band didn't suck. I mean, if you're into no, ACDC, no, you they sounded like right. ACDC. Yeah. It's not hard. It's four chords and a drummer. Right. And, you, you know, got whatever. it. It's okay. And uh, lots of skull rings. And oh, God. Lots of leather <laughs> costumes. And How many booths were there? There's about 20 booths. Right. That's 20 what, booths. And this it's, is the it, thing I'd like to call your attention to. Those booths go for between 500 and and $1,000 per booth. Really, because there was there was one that I didn't I didn't understand what yeah. they were doing. So like you have SP leather, you have like biker jewelry guy, sure. you have all yeah. the stuff that you're like I get it, I know why they're Your here, booth. right? Yeah. yeah. There was a guy, um, some kind of bike recyclers or something, which the guy had a 1988 ZX7R, mm-hmm. which was one of my first bikes back in the sure. day that I had, and I was slobbering over it, and he was like, I can tell you're about 40-something, because nobody else looks at nobody this, and I was like, this. yeah, all right. Yeah. So we bonded, whatever, it was the thing. But then there was a Realty, like a right. Realty company right. that's selling high-end houses with like this like frilly lady in her mm-hmm. pantsuit standing what, there handing out How that works is that she has a contract that says that she's there for every show. So just like it, uh, when you go to the big ass motorcycle shows, the IX Center, the International the gutter people shows, are there, like that, the gutter people are there, yeah, right, because they get a contract that says they're at every show. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna have somebody in that space, mm. regardless of who else is in that space. There's right. a big spender in every crowd, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Sure right. One of those guys has enough money to right. buy one. And house believe me, in that crowd, there's plenty right. of big spenders. So so I'm down there and I'm walking around and like I, I expected to spend. 30 minutes there or something. Yeah, just a quick cruise through. Cruise through. through. Yeah. I'm just seeing, like, what's going on. Like, I always want to be abreast of what's going on in whatever He's scene. Like, yeah, I said that. <laughs> so I want to be abreast, too. All the same stuff. You know, you had you had the new crew of guys with 36-inch front wheels oh, on yeah. their baggers yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. and they were all jocking each other or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. It makes them happy. I like fine. that they do find their, they find their, like, seeks like. Yeah, yeah. And so they self-segregate. So you see all the donks in a row. Yeah. And, like, so if somebody is in a donk from, like, Columbus yeah. and comes up, there's no question to where he's going to park. No, he's got to In find fact, it. if he parks away from the other donks, somebody will say, sir, the donks are over there. Yeah, right. You have to bring them <laughs> yeah, but, don't, but we're in a different crew. Not right. tonight, you're not. Right. So right. Skidmark Garage was there. They yeah. had a couple cool bikes. Yeah. You know, you know like, uh, uh, a Triumph that was well mm-hmm. done, a bobber that yeah. was, like, really well done. In fact, the patina on it was great, and I can't. Like, he really mixed in the actual patina with, like, new stuff so that he new patinaed patina? <laughs> to make it look like the stuff. So he did that. I draw the line at new patina. I yep. don't like new patina. Uh, the one dude, the guy Shovel Bike Works or whatever, he had a Can-Am with the Bombardier motor in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was a cafe no, racer. No, that's a Can-Am cafe racer. He's been bringing that out to a lot of events. Yeah, it's and, really cool. Really yeah. nice looking bike. Yeah, really so cool. that was that. And th- those kind of things spurred me. And this is a vintage Can-Am, by the way. So it's a vintage Can-Am, uh, little tiny... Uh, utility, maybe 250cc motor. Yeah, it was a dirt bike. Dirt that bike. They, yeah. they turned into exactly. a cafe race. Yeah, and it's, it's race. well done. So, yeah. like, all those nice guys were there and they were doing that. That was cool. Yeah. And then nothing, nothing. Harley, 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 yeah. Harley, Harley. A couple Hondas, Harley, Harley, whatever. And then off in the corner, in the middle of this thing, which nobody oh. even looked at, like, <laughs> I, I kind of walked by it and all of a sudden, like, you know, your spidey senses go, yep. whoa. And I look back and I was like, pipes. Looks interesting. Yep. Okay. Walk over and it's a Kawasaki 900. 
you know, probably 78, 77, maybe 76 around there. And it has a turbo on it. This is the one you sent us pictures of. Yeah, I sent you guys pictures of. Sweet bike. Now, here's my question because I'm 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 kind of I'm a little naive on this aspect. So I know that the 1000 came as a stock turbo and about uh, TC TC right. So was did this guy add the TC turbo to the 900? I can answer your question. We know I know the owner. Okay. I know the bike. Oh, okay. So the bike is a 1973, and it is a Z1. It is a Z900. Right. Uh, It is the first. So the bike itself, the chassis, the frame, if you look at the fork legs of this particular Kawasaki, there are no uh, reflectors or fitments for reflectors. Hmm. Um, it is a single disc, a disc only on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a true 1973 Z900. In fact, on the side panels, you're going to notice it didn't say KZ900. No. It just said 900. 900. Yep. 900. And, and then it said something underneath on a little silver bar. It's just uh, a dual overhead cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. The uh, overhead cam. But now here's the trick part. The motor is not. So the motor is from a much, much, much later motorcycle. 77 or 78. Mm -hmm. Uh, 76 was the year for the actual TC. And I think they ran them until 1980. I'm not not well versed on... I, well, I was, I was, when course. I was trying to figure out what fucking bike that was, I was doing, and I think you're right. I think they went up to like 79 and 80. Yeah, and I think whatever. that might be a Garrett's turbo unit on there. It's not the original Kawasaki. The original Kawasaki turbo unit, and this is completely nerd shit. Nobody should listen to this. Um, the <laughs> wastegate device on the original Kawasaki was a square, a rectangular sort of monolith that hung off underneath mm-hmm. it. And then the gate style one on the other side. Yeah, if you look at the side, it's going to say like uh, karate slice or karate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the side, that's a real karate glide. Karate, yeah, and that's glide, yeah. And I'd sure look that up. I couldn't figure out who the karate glide thing was all about. But on the other side, <laughs> you'll see that the wastegate on is very much a traditional round automotive style wastegate that's on for the turbo, and uh, that's a later system. So that's a real quick question. Yeah, who is seven eight one seventy one thirty? Chris Smith's trying to do a call in. Okay, that's yeah. We have Chris Smith uh, calling in. Uh, Live from uh, Punxsutawney, where he's doing a bit of a rescue mission. He's been sent out by the National Guard and the French Foreign Legion together <laughs> to save a, uh, a badger, what has found itself trapped in the hole afor- uh, formerly occupied by one Punxsutawney Phil. Uh, <laughs> is he okay? So, is the badger okay? What's the situation like on the ground there, Chris? Yeah, you, you know, the badger's been skinned and the badger's on the grill. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, Chris yeah, Smith, what are, you, what, what are you up to tonight, sir? We, we got him filleted. It should be another 45 minutes. But uh, what part do you guys want? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I particularly the, like... I'm a leg thigh, man. The, uh, you want the uh, the sphincter? What you guys? No, want? I want badger loin. I I want nothing but badger loin. Only the tenderest badger for me. I have a question for Chris. Chris, yeah. why didn't you tell us that you played in an ACDC cover band? Because you got you were uh, at you were at Quaker Steak and Lube as Angus Young with a wig on, and it was very apparent that it was you. So I'm just letting you know that we know that it's you now. Yeah, and I and I did a good friggin' job. So shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, where are you tonight? Uh, I'm babysitting my cousin's uh, four-month-old uh, baby. Oh, four months mm. old! Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to be quite a while till that thing ends up on the grill. Uh, <laughs> who in their right yeah, mind would leave you right. in charge with a four-month-old <laughs> baby? Right. They must have been desperate. Chris. Clearly not a vegetarian. The uh, <laughs> well, the good news is I learned how to turn on the dryer, so the kid's taking a ride in the dryer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. So uh, make sure you're here for next next make make sure you're here for next week's podcast 
because one of the subjects of tonight's podcast was Chris Smith's CB450 Honda and what we had to do to make it run white, right? <laughs> and why you'll be selling it soon. Dun, dun, dun. Don't don't tell me that. I, I just want to hear about the Christmas hate mail. <laughs> I know. There's no Christmas hate mail. But uh, oh, but no, I, sir. I, I, I got to send more in then. That is. <laughs> your alter eagle, Angus, Angus not so young. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You guys don't even warm up a hello stupid. It's right into the info. <laughs> it is Cleveland Moto. The, uh, there have been drinks. Uh, all right, cool, man. Well, you got anything fun for us? Uh, I just want to say uh, uh, a long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> we love you too, Chris. Uh, Good night. Yeah, Have a nice night. nap. See you, Chris. <laughs> See you. Don't sit on the baby. <laughs> uh, and Chris Smith does a quick call-in. Yay. We, we like call-ins. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, KZ, uh, the, that's a much later KZ-1000 because right. you look at the heads. It's got yeah. KZ-1000 heads on it, and uh, it's got the turbo unit. But here's the good news is we... Um, there's a guy named Joe Veal here that's kind of a, a legend about motorcycles, and he's done some work on that bike, and he also assured me when that was spotted, when you showed me those pictures, I <laughs> freaked out a little bit. And I did, uh, too. I did. I mean, I your pants a little bit. Well, Joe Veal was like, no, don't worry. Because, you know, that would be molestation of a 19, like a first-generation, mm-hmm. yeah. first-year KZ or Z900. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, no, don't worry. The original motor is pristine, and it's in a box. Okay. Nice. Good. So, ab, all is well, because it is the chocolate and orange paint scheme. That's that, an interesting know. thing. You mentioned that, because yeah. I've always been fancied putting that Druin Supercharger yes. on my 1970 half-cast. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the way to do it. That is the way to Take do it. Take that motor out, yeah. set it right over Preserve here. Preserve that half-cast motor. And get a yeah. fucking $200. But you know threw away two of them. You know what really hit me that was really kind of weird about this? So... Like, I don't care. Like, I'm out there, and I'm looking at Harleys, and I'm trying to appreciate some of them. And, you know, and like yeah. you know, some of them, like, there was a 1948 Harley, and I was like, sure. I would ride this. Of course. This is awesome. Yeah. Right. There was another one where I couldn't even figure out the controls because <laughs> they were completely different. Like, I was like, is that the foot clutch? Is that it had a gear shifter right. and, like, nothing on this side right. and one thing over here? And I'm like, okay, how do you ride this one? Was, pedal clutch? Yeah. It was like, you know, some 1937. I was, I was into it. I was enjoying right. it. I was in, it. You have... Yeah, 1,600 guys and their ladies and stuff. Yeah. And I was the only dude slobbering over that bike. Right, right. Exactly. A turbocharged, like, right. vintage, vintage like, Kawasaki, like yeah. completely, like, ground-up restoration, super cool, yeah. super cool, cool badass bike. In the world, yeah. And nobody else was like, I mean, I'm huh? not going to say nobody. I'm sure there was somebody else that slobbered over it. But, like, there was 15 guys around the 36-inch wheel donk. Right. You know, like, ah, where'd you get it? You know, oh, yeah. but this bike was just sitting there, right. nobody around it, nothing. Yeah, it's, and it's just like... The Quaker Steak and Lube crowd is really weird. I was there the night they set the record for 5,000 bikes. Oh, wow. Oh. And if you can imagine 5,000 bikes on property, that was kind of weird. Yeah. And they were managing the fuck out of it. So, like, from the second you got in, they gave you a location area where you were to set up mm. in. Yeah, and then right. they had people working everywhere to squeeze as many bikes into the space as possible. Oh, yeah. So they could achieve 5,000 bikes. And they did. They, they got their goal. They got 5,000 bikes on property at a wing joint. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of... Which, which and to can't. his left, Johnny Mack. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was waiting for a spot to say that. So. 
Oh good. my god, what you been riding, John? <laughs> uh, just the KLR. I took Piper for a ride. Oh yeah, we went down to the right. playground. This, mm-hmm. that, and the other thing. I took a first spin here. Did you listen before. to the? Uh, did you listen to the Misfits podcast? I've tr- listened here and there. Liza just got herself a KLR. Good for mm-hmm. you. Snow cap clap. <laughs> So is she's, it, is it I a think military she, version? No. It's, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, that's, from the last conversation yeah. with you I had, that's going to be very difficult to do. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is going to be very difficult to do. But, the, uh, but yeah, based on, uh, she picked one up. She got a good bike, a uh, good price on a modern KLR. Uh, newer, I think it's a 2000. And the next gen, the second next gen. gen. Yeah, yeah, next gen KLR. So no uh, doohickey need to be? No, done? the doohickey has been fixed from the factory. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's going to really compromise Happy Trail's ability to sell doohickey <laughs> kits. <laughs> Little well, aluminum doohickeys. Yeah, well, considering how many gajillion oh, they yeah. sold up yeah. for that period. Yeah. And if you do own a KLR and you haven't done the doohickey yet, please do the doohickey. The doohickey is a, the primary, or the bound? Tommy Cam Advancer. Yeah. And they're plastic, and they really shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> yeah. And turns out when they're plastic, they can break. Mm-hmm. And I have not had a doohickey break. They're different. There's some. The earliest ones were plastic. Yeah. Some are the bit. Some you know, they changed, but they never. The fix is that like the, some of them don't go far enough. Right. Some of the spring doesn't go far enough. Okay. The fix is to buy an Ape or Ape one that has a longer adjustment okay. and has a. Instead of having a spring that just right. uh, like a, a coil spring, mm-hmm. it has one that goes on the shaft, like, really? uh, like a, a clock, rotational clock, more spring, of a yeah. clock spring. So yeah. it'll actually take up all the slack oh. and uh, a lot further. Okay, so it's like, and then the other, like the plastic ones, were weak, so right. you, it would actually crack. I got a metal one, yeah. but, but a metal, but even the later metal ones yeah. didn't have enough travel, right? And the spring didn't would wear out before you even took up all the travel. Wow, hmm. would bottom out so yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've done... The military ones all came pre-doohickey. Supposedly. Yes. I just did a doohickey adjustment on mine. You did a doohickey It seemed to make a difference. Oh, good. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. low speed, like when you're chuffing off, and yeah. then, like it's like... Like that low speed rattle. Low speed tractor. Doing an adjustment. Seemed to take that Oh, that's cool. That's neat. So I think it's still adjusting and locking down like it's supposed to. Yeah, I did a doohickey adjustment at work, and HR was a little upset. Are you talking about that whole thing where you saw the vagina and the... But a thing of peanut, peanut butter. Peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just saying, like you know, yeah. HR doesn't like doohickey. They don't peanut like butter yeah. doohickey. <laughs> doohickey at work. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't that tell was Chrome posted that. Chrome posted the peanut butter vagina. I, I, dude, I, Chrome posts a lot of stuff. He does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So, uh, so Liza gave her review about her new KLR. So she's got a nice. KLR. I would so, like to listen. I would like to listen to re- Liza's review. Me too, that. because for a long time. There was a lot of like, don't buy a KLR happening at that podcast and that group. Oh, those guys were beating up on KLRs? They were kind of beating up on KLRs. Because we talk them up too much. They're kind of. Uh, like, yeah, I, think my name I mean, <laughs> I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. There, there's too many people that have just refined that. But like, that's, that's a, it's a really interesting motorcycle. It's one of these ones that no, like. It's not. No, no, I'm saying, but like a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people love them, obviously. But the community that loves them, yeah. they just didn't like love them. They like refined them and made and them good the correct, and shared things. And... The correct level of sophistication for a KLR is a stolen milk crate, <laughs> spray painted the same color as your KLR. Right, but they also, I mean, like those. Some of those guys have one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand. Oh no, there are. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. The yeah, only thing yeah. a KLR needs is a new seat. Right, is a new seat. Yeah, that's just put a that's different seat on it. it. Yeah. Maybe some luggage and. Right. 
Okay. There you go. Have yeah. fun. The luggage is, as Phil said, the milk crate. The milk yeah. crate. Yeah. No, there's no. But I mean, a KLR is not really super fun. I mean, it's re- it's it's like it's like a Honda almost. It Weird. does. It gets eight stars in just about every category. Every category. And yeah. you know, it's, it's nice enough. You can ride it on the average. highway. You can ride around town. You can do anything you want. You can do a wheelie if you really want. You I've had wheelie. quite a few years where the KLR was my not only primary ride, but might have been the only thing that was running. Mm. That's where huh. kind of I'm yeah. at right now. And that's and I've had a lot of times where I didn't have an option. I was going to Chicago, and the KLR was the bike that was going to take me there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's if I wanted to be in Chicago. Well, the KLR was there because the Vespa probably wouldn't make it. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and so the KLR took me to Chicago, and it's not by any means a great touring steed. But sweet Jesus, it will wobble. It will. It will let that front wheel wander all the way to Chicago. And a twenty-one inch wheel at eighty miles per hour, it just kind of gets you into a rhythm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and it's like okay, you go seventy-six, no problem. You go eighty, it's shimmy, 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 shimmy. Yeah, you could put a half a gallon of milk on the handlebars, you'll have a milkshake in no time flat. Yeah. It just, it just, and that was with the good tires on it before right. I got the Lego block off. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Vespas or Vespa-esque yeah. two strokes, um, I got my, Yay, I got my pig back together and yeah. it's running. But, so, you know, to, to mount it, you have to grind some fins off and stuff on yeah. that Polini thing. Mm. But what they don't tell you... It's the starter because... Yeah, you have to clear the starter. on the Stella, you have an electric starter. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has that a, was never mm-hmm. to, never been considered when the performance kit was designed mm. for all of the older Vespas, what didn't have electric starters. Right, right. And I then rather than that. re-engineer the kit they tell you to, grind. to cut the fins off, be, right. which would be smart, because you so could sell the ones without the fins to the people who had... You know, the regular flywheel, right. the lack of fins wouldn't bother anybody. But rather than fix it, they just kept it the same way and said, you can have fun with a grinder. Right. It's so, part of the ambiance. Grinding right. your $300 mm-hmm. cylinder kit. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's the second one I've done recently, right. and it was no big deal. So I Why ground. did you have to do two? <laughs> Rapid <laughs> circlip escape. Yeah, circlip escaped and ate the piston and ate some other stuff and stuff. Oh. So, but, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know that. No, but you know, actually, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I honed it. I put everything together, whatever. But here's the thing. So what they don't tell you you should probably grind is the other side as well. Yeah. Because I put everything together. And it's great, and, and I'm like, this thing's gonna explode. Why does it sound so awful? And it's running great. It's like I'm breaking it in, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the other side... So secretly, Johnny Chrome and I were talking about your bike when you did the startup thing. Yeah. We're like, mm, he was like, that sounds like it's knocking. And it's I was knock. like, yeah. I'm like, eh, he might have one of those Cito Plus exhausts on it. Because those Which are kind of like... Pretty yep. good, yeah. No, I have whatever you put. It's like a performance. It's not the stock exhaust. No, it's a Cito Plus. It's, it's a Cito, Cito Plus, Plus. yeah. yeah. They kind of have a... Like, they a, they, they're, a they're, they're clean now. different, yeah. So you hear a little bit more of a... Tank, mm-hmm. They're more of a pop, 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 But so here's the thing. So... On the other side of the cylinder, against the frame, ah. there is no clearance. No, so mm-hmm. it's I can see it rubbing. It's on It's touching. It. It's touching just enough yeah. to make it go. Like it makes everything louder. Right, oh, because yeah. your frame becomes a resonance chamber. <laughs> for resonance chamber for the thing. So eventually, <laughs> when I get up bored enough mallet. of this thing, and after I figure it's broken in enough, yeah. I'll take it apart, and I'm going to have to grind the fins off on that side. No, just leave grind it. themselves. No, so don't grab yeah. things off the motor. Right, so as long as it's running, just gotta, let it run. And well, you've got a plastic cooling shroud around that motor. Well, yeah, yeah but that's on the outside, yeah. right? And slightly on the inside, right? Yeah. But right. The, mm-hmm. that part's down yeah, here. Yeah, plastic the cooling shroud should go all the way around. It, it's it, it's it, cylinder. I got it. I have it yeah. bolted with the, right. the whole thing. Yeah. So, and if it's still hitting the motor, the, the still hitting the frame, the correct answer is to get 
you know, a soft bronze hammer yeah. and start hitting the frame. Oh, good point. Make the frame, the, the frame the is very thin steel, it'll mm-hmm. yield. Okay. And I know to regular motorcycle people, the idea of us bending a frame willy-nilly, <laughs> but it's a monocoque chassis. So right. Press steel frame. Press steel frame. Yeah. And yeah, it is, it's way better to just lump on that thing with a soft yeah, hammer for a while. I have to admit, after yeah. it started running and stuff, yeah. and I've been, I mean, these, these, the clips in are perfect, yeah. everything's good, whatever. <laughs> but, really check probably you got it this time. <laughs> I think I got it, but like, when it was, when it sounded like that, I'm like, I'm gonna. This is gonna blow up. In well, five it's probably like, too only it. making that noise when it's on center stand because it's on center stand. The motor is tilted in such a fashion. The back tire is lower than it would ever be, except for when you're in the air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's in center stand. The cylinder is actually in, interfacing the frame yeah, much a little higher bit more than yeah. the other way. And, whereas when you load the yeah. back tire, uh, the cylinder comes way down. Yep. I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound as yeah. bad when I you guess. sit on the bike. It will sound differently. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, let me put it this way: I put about. 50 or so miles on it. I don't yeah. have a speedometer, so I'm you guessing. 500 miles left. There's yeah. only one way to find out. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it, it, hasn't, miles it hasn't stalled and it hasn't blown up. So I'm just like, I feel your, like I'm doing okay with it right now. It's just just take it easy, man. It sound a little bit knocky, too. Mine sounds not... Yeah. But mine mine was a blown-up top end that I cobbled together and yeah. sanded with Frankenstein, 400. Yeah. It was a... Yeah. It was a scrap one, and I was like, eh, yeah, fuck yeah, that's it. That's the thing with the old two-strokes is you mm-hmm. can get away with murder. But you're, what was yours? You're, they're not good until you've blown them up four times. Four After times. the fourth time, then you yeah. get enough clearance that they won't blow up again. And that's with yeah. certain kits. So, like, uh, the DR kit and the Pol- uh, DR kits and Polini cast iron kits were that way that, you know, you did have to, you'd have to heat seize them a few times. You'd have, I hate to say it, but, <laughs> yeah, but when you're into a Nikasil line kit, a Melosi kit, or a Panasco kit or something that's Nikasil, now that's not the case. Yeah. I'm talking about the caveman shit. Like when you're too cheap to buy Nicosil, yeah. uh and you're getting a cast iron kit. With those things, yeah, you know, y- y- yeah, you would kind of you'd go out and run them, and you, you know, you, you'd get enthusiasm would get away with you, and you'd realize you hadn't broken the damn thing in yet enough, and you'd be like, "Look at them ripping!" And you're like, and once again, <laughs> you know, that, that sudden sound that makes you go. But you know, you know what's crazy? <laughs> the best a scooter will ever run is the three minutes before it seizes. We well, always said, it. "Oh, it's yeah. so good." If right you're any it. motorcycle you're ever running or riding is riding better than it's ever ridden before, shut it the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> One thousand nine hundred ninety-nine degrees. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that the Bellinis were known to. to yeah, the uh, Bellini kits. Uh, there used to be a trick that we would do, where we would buy um, a third oversize piston. And put it in a fourth oversized barrel <laughs> because that's how bad they were. So, we yeah, so really. they were so, so. Who cares if you got a little piston knock? They were so toit. I mean, they were toit, toit, toit. And the Polini kits were notorious with the old the two hundreds especially. Um, it was just we had to realize that nobody was willing to put that kind of time into break in. Yeah. So I probably did myself a pretty good favor honing the shit out of that thing. Yeah, it does. To get the scratch out. Because I, I yeah. put a good hone on that yeah. thing. No, I mean, it doesn't that's, what that's kit do you have? The Polini 170? Yeah. The 177. The 177 Polini kit. Yeah. The Polini kits are very good on the bottom end. They're very good. Their porting is really good for a bottom end motor. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panascos are just a touring motor. You're not going to see a lot more top end out of mm-hmm. them at all. The Melosis are kind of frantic. They're a little bit Jack Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're the Melosis love to rev, and uh, they do have a very good Nicosil. How many miles are on your bike? Um, what, before this thing or now? now? In its history. In its history, yeah, about thirty five hundred. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, which is you know yeah. stock Stella 
bearing or um, stack, stack Stella crank bearing failure range. I wasn't going to say. I wasn't going to say. But you, yeah. you guys replaced no, it. No, we already put, we put an Italian crank in. Yeah, because that's oh, I brought that's it. So, so, it. Yeah. so here's the story. I don't know if you guys knew this. But <laughs> yeah. The reason I ended up with this is my yeah. wife works with a woman that bought the Stella, yeah. oh. and she's not necessarily the greatest rider right. per se. No. And she rode it, whatever, and beat it up, and did whatever, and and sometimes one, the bike was even upright. Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely <laughs> crashed a few times. Yeah, and so my wife comes home one day and she goes, "My my boss is selling a scooter. Would you want it?" I'm like, "Well, how much?" And it was a pretty good price. Because that's the like, other thing that John and I were secretly texting yeah. about. I was like, "Well, you know, those aren't known for their bottom end." Yeah, right, 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 right. Oh, no. So anyway, so I bought the thing sight unseen for like ridiculously low price, yeah. and she's like, "All right, you can pick it up." No, no. And so I'm riding at home, and this thing's dying all the yeah. way home, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "This sucks." And so I brought it to Phil, and Phil's like, yeah. His flywheel was orbiting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what? Orbital flywheel. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, that was not good. No. Yeah, yeah. So, so it has a new crank and new bearings, and also the, the Kickstarter is removed because yeah. that can't be used because it's bent beyond all realm of... It looks like yeah. a banana. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> broken banana. Then you're well on your way. Yeah. You either yeah. want a yeah. stock Vespa crank all right. or a Mazzuchelli. Maz crank is for us, we just think that the Maz cranks and the stock Vespa It's worth every penny. worth every penny if you're going to do that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that's a big, uh, we're uh, getting down to motor stuff. Um, we got to have, we had the benefit this week of having Joe Casola here at the shop with us for four days. And Joe's a, uh, just an absolute preeminent motor builder. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a renaissance man. He can straighten your Bent thing, he can uh, he can rebuild your vintage Triumph motor. He can rebuild any motor; nothing stops him. We were talking about the uh, what was it the the original Cannonball? The Cannonball is for all the bikes that are over you know a hundred years old. Because he was a he was a guest star on the podcast. One he was a guest star on the podcast, and yes, he has cast pistons on the side of the road. Good lord! (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe he's that guy, (laughs) right? So he's kind of a cool guy to have around and so as luck would have it he's entertaining the uh company of a young lady in the cleveland area so when she's at work he's got nothing better to do than to come and fix bikes fantastic (laughs) yeah so uh joe's been working at the shop for the past few days cool and having joe around is always great because the text message starts with Whatever bike you have at your shop that you can't stand working on and has jammed you up and you hate, I will I work want on it. that bike. Yeah. I will work on that bike. That's so, a yeah. great way. That's a great icebreaker. Yeah, yeah it is. So he's uh, he's putting back together again a 1968 uh, Moto Guzzi V7 that we had. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were replacing the cylinders for the customer because he had the insides of the ceiling, the cylinders were letting go and they were flaking off and looking really bad inside, so we had to replace the barrels. And so we ordered them up some fresh barrels, and uh, Joe, through being Joe, decided to take the items that were deemed by the customer to be fine and completely usable. I just want the new cylinders. You don't get to make that decision. Exactly. And this is what I want to talk about in our podcast. This is the tech portion of our podcast. And... I learned something from Joe, and that is that anytime a bike comes in, 1983 Suzuki GS, or you know any of these bikes that we see way too many of, that are coming and darkening our door because every other shop in Cleveland has told them to fuck off, and here we are. So he's got a great policy down there in Tennessee. 
And that is, the hell with talking about a carburetor cleaning, the hell about talking about anything. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to charge you $100 for, or you charge 80 bucks for a compression check and leak down check. What a fucking great idea. Because we don't currently do that. Hmm. And by God, we should. Hmm. Because as luck would have it, uh, while working on a Honda CB450 in the back of our shop, he discovered that the right cylinder had about 60 PSI. And this is a bike that rode in here. So mm. we would not think, mm. the customer would not call to our attention the fact that he was running on one cylinder. But maybe the customer didn't know. The customer calls to our attention, it's coughing or backfiring or what have you, and gives symptoms that are clearly straight up with an electronic problem or that. Mm. Uh, but before you do any goddamn thing, so if you are the type of guy that likes to work on older motorcycles and you're thinking about working on an older motorcycle and it has multiple cylinders, well, even if it has one, uh, step one, page one, day one, compression, compression and leak down test. Because uh, as luck would have it, when he was putting together this vintage Motoguzzi that was sold by the customer, once again, I believe in the Dr. House rule of customer relations, the customer always lies. <laughs> uh, whether or not they know they're lying, but they're giving you bad information. Mm-hmm. They're giving you their they picture. May well, they may well, may well believe they're lying. They may believe they're mm-hmm. lying. They may believe that the cheapest option is the best option for mm-hmm. them. But they're not going to come out and tell you straight up, oh, I just have no fucking idea what's going on. I think mm-hmm. I think it's because uh, com- something compression-related is very big and scary and expensive. And so they think, oh, well, if the carburetors are cleaned, it's but not it going to get not worse. Be. It might yeah, be a it, valve well, adjustment. That's, right? yeah. that's exactly it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that's a big thing. So if you're going to work on a motorcycle, or if you're going to buy a motorcycle, or you're going to have some work done on your motorcycle, it's not hard to check the compression. Mm-hmm. It's really damned easy. And the first thing you can do is start with a good compression gauge. If your local auto parts, if you don't own one already, your local auto parts shop does lend tools, and sometimes they will loan a compression gauge. Once you get your compression gauge, the secret that people will kind of screw up is... My preferred... Let's talk about compression gauges. Yes, please. The preferred one is the one we have one. You have one at the shop here mm-hmm. that just has the rubber tips on so it. So there's the rubber tip and there's the threaded kind. So you take the spark mm-hmm. plug out. Yep. You jam that bad boy with the rubber tip. Yep. It's a it's a tapered rubber tapered tip that goes tip. in the spark plug hole. Yep. Kick it. Your preferred method is five kicks. Five kicks. Mm-hmm. Wide open throttle. Wide open. Wet throttle. cylinder. Wet cylinder. So fuel tap off. Spray some WD or anything in there that's a light lubricant. We don't want you to run your cylinder dry. I'm not saying that you should do that even though for this application it really doesn't matter, but a lightly wet cylinder. And you don't want to have, like, all kinds of fluid in there. That's not our goal. Our goal is to just give it a quick waft of some sort of lubricant. Mm-hmm. And then wide open throttle and give it the equivalent of five kicks. Don't hit the electric starter. If you, if you, have, if you don't have if a kickstarter. you don't have a kickstarter, you have no choice. If you don't have a kickstarter, you have no choice. Make sure the fuel tap's turned off if you can, because we don't need to add moisture to you the situation. You probably want to take... Both spark plug caps and both spark plugs out, so yep. you don't start it on one cylinder. You got it. So yeah. That, yeah. Make sure that you Kip don't call. accidentally fire that fucker up, because uh, that will probably cause <laughs> you to have, have to buy a compression gauge. Yeah, the kill switch is off. But yeah, I don't. 
Um, I've seen people do compression chests, which were the equivalent of one hudugadugga. And you can't mm. have that. It's got to be five fast kicks or a char- a good charge on the battery. I mean, theoretically, and, what, 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 what if yeah. I turned it over, I kicked it 20 times? It's Usually, only going to reach a it's max, the max maximum. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's only going to reach that. But what we have learned is there will be a point where that number starts to climb and give you an artificially high number. Mm. Okay. And you don't want that. You don't want to go into the situation going, oh, well... And remember, in a multi-cylinder bike, the most important thing is the disparity between different cylinders. Well, that's, you know, you have to figure out, like, a bike sitting there, not running, yep. one or two kicks, 68 PSI, at 10,000 exactly. RPM? Right. With a lot of pressure on, the, on the rings and yep. stuff? Maybe it is developing. Maybe some, it's yeah. enough to run. At it's least the velo- enough it has start. enough velocity. Right. Air mm-hmm. vol- you know, so if I mean, you don't have access to um, specs to find out yeah. what PSI should be... Right. What is a general for, like, if you have any cylinder, what Go is ahead. that? It's mostly comparing the cylinders by okay. themselves. Across so each other. If this one's at 120, right. this one should be somewhere close Around to one within, 10, within yeah. 10 to 20%. If you get three cylinders, if you got four cylinders, they should be within 10% of each other. Okay. Mm. And if you see something other, and that's why it doesn't really matter how accurate your compression gauge is. And it, uh, so the, my thing about the compression other. gauge was, yeah. I like the rubber tip style. Yeah. They're super simple, super easy. You don't have to thread anything right, in. Yep. You don't have a quick connect and everything. Right. They don't seem to leak. They don't leak because you have the quick connect. Yeah, Anybody right. who's worked with an air chuck and an air hose yeah. knows that those fuckers leak. Yep. The one that just has a, a gauge, a pipette yep. with a, a tapered thing, hold it in there, give it the kicks. Right. The only trick is you have to be dexterous enough to be able to hold it in there while and you're using it. the starting Or two man it. Or yeah. two man it. Yep, that's exactly right. What so. if it's a single cylinder, though? And there's nothing to compare it again. What you're not, you're only going to go by the book then. Spec. Oh, okay. Spec. Well, you're going to go by. Well, the book. What about this? What if? What if, like? So if you have like almost a, any motor is going to give you 100 pounds. Yeah. Right. That's that's what I, was getting, yeah. I was looking for a mean uh, because like, I, I wouldn't. If you have less than 100 pounds, you're in bad shape. No, if it's 99 or 95. Eh. No, but if you get a three cylinder and you shove it in, and all three of them are 61, 62, and 65. You, sir, you have a problem. Right. Okay. Yeah. You have a problem, and that's they should be. And you will see numbers that vary wildly, um, and that's why you don't panic, because we have seen gauges that, I have handled gauges that will run 20 or 30 out, hmm. and just be wrong, just wrongity wrong, wrong, wrong. Right. But they're, we can use them to compare cylinders against cylinders. Mm-hmm. If you're running, if you're doing the test on a single cylinder bike, then obviously consult your owner's manual, but... The, a good rule of thumb for four strokes is you should be up in the neighborhood of 150 to 160 pounds per. Mm. And then uh, if you're in a two-stroke motor, lower compression motors, small 125s and stuff like that, you can see numbers as low as 120 or 130, mm. 110. Uh, widely held that uh, small 125cc two-strokes probably shouldn't ever be under 90 mm. or 100. Mm. Um, you will find that if you kick a bike 500 times and that fucker won't start, and it's a dirt bike, you know, and you go up and check the compression on it, and it's 85 pounds that you know, now you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that is your problem. And that compression check, and then leak down check is a little bit different. So the leak down check... But it's different between a four-stroke and a two-stroke. Absolutely. Absolutely. Leak down check with a two-stroke is actually really, truly is a leak down check. Because what we're doing is we're... we're uh, inserting a given volume of oil into the cylinder, and we're measuring it, and we're literally 
measuring it over time to see how much oil leaks down and how long it takes to leak down past the rings mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the rings and the cylinder. Well, you can do also yeah. to the like an air leak down check. Air leak, yep. Where you take the exhaust off, take yeah. the carburetor off, yeah. you actually put bungs, you seal, seal up the, the intake yeah. and the exa- yeah. and the exhaust, and, and and then you put like five psi. Yep. Yeah, you don't want to put a lot because you don't want to blow your seals out. And then yeah. you're actually testing the top end and the bottom end, right. see if your crank seals are bad or anything like that. Well, Old Haynes. At that point, are great you, it's a two-stroke. Yeah. At that point, yeah. take the top end off, yeah. and re- you've already got the carb up. You're you've there. Got the yeah, exhaust. it's almost done. Right yeah. There. yeah, you know. Uh, Pull the pull pull the covers off and put new seals. <laughs> a handy dandy thing for uh, leak down test too. Uh, one of the ghetto dynamic ways of doing it was always just to take an old spark plug and destroy an old spark plug. Separate the internal part of the spark plug from the uh, ceramic and the mm-hmm. external, and just run an airline into it. Okay, and then when you're running an airline into it, as your motor is closed and you have closed your exhaust valves and you have air passing into it, if you put your ear to your tailpipe and you hear air coming by, mm-hmm. well, I guess we know that our exhaust valves aren't seating mm-hmm. in that cylinder. Uh, if aren't you going to get a little bit past the ring gap? Very <clears throat> tiny amount, but it shouldn't be getting past the valve. Right. Right. The valve, any four-stroke motor, when the valve is closed, it should be closed If it's going past the ring gap, it's going into the set. bottom end into the crankcase. You're not hearing mm-hmm. it, but at the tailpipe, you won't hear it. You won't, hear it. you won't hear it in yep. the carburetor. Exactly. And the other thing is to put your ear to the carburetor or the air box. And on any motorcycle, you know, even the, you know, the, the Paramount to all, the inline four-cylinder Honda, there's a plastic air box that has an air intake at the top. Mm-hmm. And it is real simple to take your magic spark plug that you've now made that has the little air line clamped onto it and is running very low PSI, put that in the hole, and now crank the motor over to where your number two or number three, whichever cylinder you're using, is on the point where it should be on compression stroke. Compression stroke, both valves should be closed. Mm-hmm. So in compression stroke, both valves will be quiet. Right. And when you have both valves quiet, that's when you can listen at the air box. You should not hear any air moving. And you should listen at the tailpipe. You should not hear any, mo- any yeah, air moving. Mm-hmm. If you're hearing air moving, that is the down and dirty ghetto way to find out that you have a leaky valve or a valve that's valve not closing all the way. Right, yeah. Bent valve, what have you. And that is the home gamer's way to do a leak down test. Hmm. We're not checking at this point anything <clears throat> passing the rings of the piston. We're just checking at this point leakages when the situation is that the doors should be closed. Right. And you can detect a lot of problems and save yourself a lot of diagnostic. Because how many times have you been in a situation where you rebuilt a rack of carbs? Bike was running like poo. You pulled off a rack of carbs. You rebuilt a rack of carbs. You put a rack of carbs on. Bike's still running like poo. Right? You do the air pressure in the cylinders. Yep. <laughs> My brother was breaking loose a CB450. Yeah. So it was seized. So they put a bunch of penetrating oil on the thing. Yeah. They did the spark plug thing. Yeah. You put the spark plug in there, yeah. put the air check on pressure it. against that. This time, we're going to put it up to 100 PSI. 100 PSI. Oh. Exactly. Well, we left it in gear. So when oh, it shit. Broke, so when it broke loose, oh, the back it turned into an air compressor. Yeah. It started taking off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because that was an air compressor. At that point, you had a two-cylinder air compressor being run backwards. Oh, wow. That's super cool. And that uh, we've seen people do that. Rebuild a rack of carbs how many times? To realize your problem wasn't the rack of carbs. You get a dead number three cylinder. Your number three cylinder 
is not running right. Or it's, but with two you know, strokes, it's also the bottom end. Though, yes, too, it is. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you've got a seal on the bottom end of a two stroke that basically your piston is becoming a sealing surface or a, a gasket surface, I guess, for lack of a better term, that has to take your primary compression and keep it away from what will eventually be your secondary Everybody says there's no valves in a two-stroke. Oh, yeah, there are. There is. It's yeah. called the piston. It's the piston itself. Mm-hmm. Piston ports. I mean, there's... Yeah, a, yeah. yeah piston-ported motors, That um, it is not uncommon at all to find that you're leaking, and there are tests that you, know, that you can run. If you've got a crankcase... If your uh, two-stroke motor happens to have a gearbox and you find gasoline where there should be <laughs> my gearbox favorite, oil. My favorite one is with, with a, is taking yeah. the flywheel off and turning it over mm. and then holding a lighter there. Yeah, yeah that's uh, always a little bit. Usually a flywheel side seal on a two-stroke motor is instantly evident. Because you think the you're bike, just going to see the, the 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 flame get blown yeah, out or yeah. sucked out, but every once in a while you get a fireball. You get a jet ball, a jet flame, <laughs> and that's usually if you have a two stroke vehicle that requires. If you require more and more choke fireball to run your bike, yeah, uh, guess what? Your air fuel mixture is changing, right? And you're chasing it. So if you ever require more choke than you normally do to keep that motor running, it won't idle unless you get the choke in a bit. You're missing a seal. Your, your seals are leaking. You're getting air into that motor from a place it shouldn't be, and then you're mm. you're either enriching it out or choking it out. It's just two to two sides of the same coin. Mm. But that leak down test that will really give you a good idea. Um, I like to joke that the compression test is a very instant, easy to determine. Will this fucker fire? So what is our poor customer now with sixty eight? PSI on his right-hand cylinder. Well, as luck would have it, he had a stuck valve. Okay. As luck would have it, he had a stuck valve. Unfortunately, when the valve was unstuck, it was determined that in order to time the thing, uh, in order to make the valves right, we were at full-on at the end of the valve travel. And that meant his cam was no longer mm. as big as it should be. Mm. Delobed. Delobed. So he's experiencing Lop. cam delobification. His lobe was lopped. His lobe had been lopped off, <laughs> which usually in the case of these older motorcycles means that um, it wasn't getting adequate oil pressure to the top end mm-hmm. due to mm. the smaller passageways and the lack of oil pressure due to the pumping systems that were on motorcycles back then in particular. Um, were not. They didn't have a surplus of oil going to the top end. The 450 motor... Mm-hmm. It's a great motor and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, not my favorite. Well, yeah, I encountered a lot of things, and I don't know whether it's just because. And uh, most of the things that I encountered were ham knuckled attempts yeah. by people working on them or whatever. Or you pull out the valve adjuster and the rocker fell off, and then they put it back, put it back in, in again. or yeah. somebody yeah. dicked around and got the valve timing. But they had yeah. all kinds of just problems like that. Yeah, not necessarily because of the engineering, but just because yeah. of what they were. Yeah, I they, do believe that. I believe the engineering was spot on for the day, but I think that I've seen enough Honda Twins. And a lot of people have said, and I've heard this said about them, is those bikes in particular had problems with running them hard soon before Mm -hmm. they were warmed up. Yeah, Yeah, don't. Especially the early 60s ones, you know, like the bombers and stuff. You run them hard right off the tick. They didn't get get enough oil into the top end if you took off and and jumped right on the highway. Yep. And it is a thing, too, about the, the, 
the lubrication system on those, the pumping system, the fil filtration system on those, uh, the slinger-based technology, everything that they were using back then as a method of separating. Those are, those are centrifugal too, right? Centrifugal, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're a centrifugal oil pump with a centrifugal oil maintenance system, like it's cleaning system. Calling it a filter would be a misnomer. No, it's not a filter. It is not a filter. It's what happens. <laughs> but it's supposed to recycle your oil. Like right. if you take real oil and recycle it, they put it in a centrifuge and they right. spin it yeah. and they get all the particulates the out junk of it. Out. And, yeah. 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 And, and the, they will develop sludge. I've had to clean, like my Superhawk, I've cleaned some of them out and they get They like, get sludge. Tar in well, exactly. And they have to be maintained. They have to be cleaned. And the other problem is what gets past the slinger ends up in the tubes. And the tubes, the feed tubes that go to the top end of the motor aren't big enough. They aren't big enough. They don't carry enough oil to begin with. You're talking, Oscar, like, you know, that bigger than that pilot jet, but like oh, a yeah. main mm -hmm. jet is, yeah. is the oil jet size. Like some and this of the, is a problem. Especially modern bikes, they actually have an oil jet in them. And we're guilty <laughs> in this, you know, in this podcast, we're guilty of being uh, a group that doesn't really find a lot of love for the Honda CB500T. And if you get behind, if you get aside from the we're trying too hard looks of the bike, and you go to just... Historically speaking, there have been a lot of top-end failures and a lot of cam failures on that particular motor. And that's because they increased the CCs, they increased the displacement of the motor, without increasing the oil supply. Just a big bore kit on it. And it's basically a big bore mm. kit. And so the problem was it couldn't, I don't think that motor could ever mm. provide enough oil to the top-end to satisfy the needs of the top-end, and that's why they had the failure rate they mm. did. And Which is a shame because you can, you can buy, like, so two hundred percent oil pumps and stuff. Yes, you know you can. What I mean, you could buy. It. Well, as a result, as a result of people reacting, the, they the just could have regeared re the oil pump right. and make it pump more. They reacted mm. to the problem and they created a solution, just like we were talking about with the Duvicki with the Kawasaki's. There's a solution that exists and it's not expensive. The problem is nobody has done it. People haven't applied it. But was that available back in the day? No, when they, well, and that's wasn't. kind of the thing, right? It's, I mean, they, they've been abused before, yeah. right? Well, I don't, and I don't know that you can actually buy an over pump, an overpressured pump for that particular yeah. motor. Mm -hmm. But somebody had to yeah. race it. Somebody had to well, No, they raced it, and there are overpressure pumps available for them, and there's also supplemental um, ways that you can drill. Yeah. So you can drill and plumb in external lines mm. that go from the bottom end to the top end and give you supplemental oiling. If you look at any uh, of the old 60s and 70s Honda motors, and then we have a good example because my Honda CB400F over there has an aftermarket oil pressure gauge on it. And the aftermarket oil pressure gauge I simply installed by drilling into one of the blocking just, plates mm -hmm. when the motor was made and manufactured, oh, yeah. and they drilled the journals, and they have these castings there that mm -hmm. are blocking plates, basically. And you can simply dr drill and thread into those with a standard MPT fitting. A lot of the bike, yeah. a lot of the Hondas, the right side cover yeah. that goes over, when you take that off, there's actually an oil circuit that there's goes circuit. through that. Yep. And you can block and, dr like, you know, you can put an oil cooler, you can do, yep. it's just, for whatever reason. No, no, it's right there. They run oil through that cover instead yeah. of running, because probably running it around the case it or something. Would be was, too, I think it would be too dangerous yeah. to run it on the exterior part of the case there. Probably just from... You're better off if you smash the cover and destroy that oil circuit, you just put a new cover right. on. Right. Put a new cover on, you're right. fine. And I put a, you know, I put an oil pressure gauge on that CB400F because I want to make I want to make sure that when I'm running that motorcycle, I'm at 65 PSI. One of the genius things yeah. that I saw in a Honda motor was yeah. like the CB650s. Mm -hmm. They had, and it's a dual overhead cam yep. motor, where the lobes of the cam were, they had little cups underneath, so... 
there was like a little cup, and I, it's hard to picture it, but it's exactly what it is. There was a little cup so that yeah. it held oil for the cam, like oh, so. On, the, so way like, the casting so it was, was set. the way the casting yeah. was set, like right. it would after it. And it's again, I'd there have was to show a real you a nice place for oil to hang around, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just, just lay just in there, and the lobe would yeah. dip into it every yeah. time it's going around. Go around. Yeah. And it was really clever. So even when you start on a cold start, there's still oil. It's got a little bit of oil sitting underneath, a little puddle of oil that it just has no choice but to be dragged through. But a oil be playing Saturday. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're a midnight oil puddle of mud tribute band. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beds are turning. The uh, I don't, and that's that's that kind of deal where that compression check is is vital, and it's that kind of uh, an operation that's easy enough to do. I was joking today about one of our customers that just wanted to have a lot of tech advice from <laughs> and a lot of tech advice for me and i'm selling vintage bikes and you know i'm liquidating my collection and we've got a lot of people calling about super hawks and black bombers and stuff so uh, it's a tough time to be me right now because i've just about had it and i don't want another person that shouldn't own a super hawk to own a super hawk i don't want another person who shouldn't own a black bomber to own a black bomber just because they look at it and they go well that's an affordable used motorcycle mm-hmm. And you should own one, you know. And that's where we really get into a uh, mm. we get into a bit of an issue. We we get into a bit of an issue with dealing with that. And I was the one guy was like, "Well, I said uh, you you should probably look up, you know, what you need, the information that you want. If you're going to own this bike, is is something that you 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 can find." Right. And uh, it was. There's a there's a guy who's just the absolute end all and be all, and uh, his his name is Manuel, uh, and his name is Manuel Haynes, and uh, you should check him out. <laughs> and, uh, and I hung the phone up and I went, God, I'm an asshole. And You're an asshole. <laughs> I did. I did. I realized. I was like. And I went. About 25 minutes later, the guy was like, I get it! <laughs> manual! Haynes manual! Let me Google, let me Google this. No, oh, I, was, I was totally ready for him to I Google. I getting all these motorcycles. Manuel well, Haynes. <laughs> all these books. <laughs> He's oh, the famous Manuel. guy. Manuel's the greatest guy ever. Yeah. Uh, and well, you talk about tight cylinder clearances. Yeah. Like Bruce and I've worked with huh? some Yamahas. Yamaha's cylinder clearance. Like you bore a cylinder? 2.5. No. Nah. No. Like one point, like under two. Scary. Under two thousand. That's frightening. So that's less than a thousandth on, on either side, side. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So like Bruce has rebuilt those little twin jets where they're a hundred cc twin. Yeah. And he's like, oh, take it out. You know, I'm breaking it in. I, you know, I try to wick it up and. Well, well yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you got to run that thing for a, a thousand miles. miles before yeah. you can even start even trying to. Well, it's and you. I mean, how do you approach that? Is my brain has trouble breaking things in because I don't know whether I'm supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Shitty dinosaur oil, and totally vary my RPMs. Don't want to use synthetic; it's not going to wear out. Like, or use synthetic, and it'll never break in. I don't fucking mm-hmm. know, man. What do you expect? I so think it, you know. I think part of that too, though, is yeah. it depends on what kind of hone you do on a cylinder. Okay, yeah. Because right. the, the cylinder is what's going to file your rings down and let them seat in. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So if you do a real fine hone, it may never. You know, it's not going to yeah. seat in as well. 
So well, maybe back like in said, the day when they prescribed a lot of cross under two, under two thousands clearance, right. they want a lot of cross hatching and a lot of cross hatch and a and a heavy grind, a heavier yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like. I mean, I every one I've ever done, I've always. But I told him, I'm like, dude, don't do that. Yeah, because you're gonna because he's like you know he's gonna run that thing screaming and he doesn't yeah. have time to put. The, no, I'm like I go at least yeah. two thousands, at least like two and a half thousand. Yeah, like yeah, two and a half thousands for me was always considered. Considered to be like a normal hone, a normal, and what we're talking about is, once again, not everyone here, you know, builds motors, but uh, yeah, your piston slides up and down inside your cylinder, mm -hmm. and your piston will be a certain diameter, whatever it is, and the more that you run at a it, certain temperature, exactly, right, mm -hmm. and there are, and that's why we get into differences between liquid cooled bikes and air cooled bikes. Things do expand and contract. Differently for air cooled bikes and liquid cooled bikes. So you need what's called operate. clearance. You got to have clearance. And clearance? You, clearance, <laughs> clearance, clearance, and squish. Uh, and when we have that, there will be a prescribed measurement for your piston. And then there will be a prescribed measurement for your bore. And Joe was mentioning, you know, everybody can buy it, you know, to buy a set of verniers, a set of calipers, mm -hmm. to buy a, a gauge, to buy all these things is great, but there are techniques one must have when using them. Good. McElfresh's favorite rule of fitting a, a piston to a cylinder is yeah. this, that after you're done doing whatever the fuck you're doing and right. whatever, clean everything off really good yep. with some car cleaner or whatever, so it's bone clean, yep. take said cylinder, yep. said piston, yep. put it in said cylinder, Drop test. and leave it go. Yeah. Does it slide completely down through right. there without mm -hmm. hooking up or hinging or being bound? Yep. You're probably pretty good. You're okay. Yeah. Awesome. If if you put it in and you've got to kind of help if it you squeeze down through the board, yeah, yeah, you are it's going to have a problem. Yeah. So, that's why my scooter is awesome because I used the $9 Harbor Freight bore or the, <laughs> the hone. Yeah. Oh, I honed the shit out of that okay. thing. So it's, it's the bead home? The best. Uh, the best. Uh, the downside yeah. of having too much ceramic clearance. bead homes work really well. Yeah. The bad side, and, yeah. and really the clearance you're looking at is your ring gap. If that's your ring yeah. gap's good. Yep. Yeah, you know, then you're not too bad. The bad side of that is then piston slap. The piston will rock. It'll so rock. You know, that's when you start getting a knock, and it's yeah. But, but that bike will run perfectly happy for it a will, long time. But it'll give. It'll be a little bit slappy, and the. Uh, but when you are measuring these things and you're kind of checking it, you know, you should read at least read the owner's manual for the gauge you're using, and if you bought it from Harbor Freight, read the owner's manual from the gauge they're copying. <laughs> because the owner's manual that comes with the Harbor Freight gauge is not a manual. Right. It tells you where the batteries go. Right. It's, it's a uh, manual. <laughs> Here's the other thing with Harbor Freight is a lot of times in the reviews online, mm -hmm. somebody will put in a very good uh, sort of write-up on yeah. how to use it properly. That is mm. true. Yeah. And, uh, I haven't been disappointed with mine, but, I mean, I'm not precision. I'm a shit show when it comes to some well, of this yeah. stuff. You know, I'm not an Absolutely. I'm not extremely fastidious. All I care is if that shit works. And but you've done it enough times that you know what well, to look I, for I, and not. I know that it's a problem if your piston doesn't fucking slide right down. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, uh, and then it goes the back piston, to compression. You got piston Pannoni's disease. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're buying, you know, if you're spending the money on like a Mitutoyu or a Mitutoyu, depending on yep. how you pronounce it, um, you should know how to use it. And it's not, I mean, it's not hard to watch a YouTube video that mm -hmm. teaches you the right way to use that gauge for an ID and an OD measurement so that you can get an accurate 
Imagine that. An Innie or an Audi? An Innie or an Audi. Is it a Gazinda or a Gazauda? <laughs> a comment on us, us being less than fastidious about compression checks, at least personally. Yeah. Because half the time, I mean, I've cleaned a thousand carburetors. Oh, yeah. So I don't care. I right. mean, if I checked a bike and it only had 60, I wouldn't care. I'd still try to make that fucker run even with 68. <laughs> I'd, I'd still go through the effort to clean the carbs and yeah, see, you know, right. what it, you know maybe because there's the other thing, too, is yeah. if a bike's been sitting for a long yep. time. Maybe it's just doesn't have. Maybe after it runs for a while. Oh, it's yeah, a four stroke, especially. You can run into a situation where a bike that's been sitting for three years will come in and it will have whatever cylinder, astronomically bad compression. In whatever a valve was open was letting mm-hmm. atmosphere yep. into the cylinder, and maybe and you got a little corrosion. surface rust. It's yeah. just corrosion, yeah. and and rust will bet in a. Yeah, rust will bet in a motor in a real quick. We'll bet, we'll bet in it a Turns out uh, iron ring oxide too. is an amazing abrasive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rings yeah, will reseat yeah. themselves. They will be just them fine. Over Throw rust. some sand down there. You'll be good. The, uh, but that's a. Tr- I mean, that's a real thing. We got to remember if you're bringing a bike back from the graveyard. A lot of the bikes that I'm buying for fucking right. song and a dance, not running. Yeah. If the motor's got to re- be rebuilt, well then fuck it anyway. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll find out where we are soon enough. Right. The uh, who wants to hear hate mail? Yeah, Haterade. Haterade. You need a theme song for like. I need a slice. Of, I need a slice of pizza. Time. I need to eat for on on mic for this. <laughs> it's not happy mail time. It's Haterade. Hate mail time. So what is the uh, what is the exchange FM when you're talking about like a dot FM like dot com, dot edu? We know oh, all those, uh, but then there's dot FM. Well, there's so many. There's dot bike now. There's okay. dot yeah, everything. I think it's, a, it's it's a made up. It's not a fastmail dot FM. Yeah, something. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, Batman. so yeah. So anyway, Jesse says, Phil, between the laughs, sniffs, and sharp sounds, I had a hard time not going deaf at your skills in audio recording. <laughs> I will stop you now. We have no skills. We press a red button. Well, honestly, a few of us have skills, but we don't have the, the, the equipment to use the skills properly, right. so we're using a small recorder. Right, we're yeah. using a portable recorder, and that's we're what We're going to work on this, though. Right? We yeah. put two hours into this podcast, and it's grown to two hours. It has grown into two hours. We're not going to put an hour to set up for the podcast, right. because then we'd only have a half hour, you know, right. I mean, hour to... Right. The less time we spend making it sound good, the more content you get. Right. <laughs> Nick likes that one. <laughs> yeah. Nick's like, I'm going to apply that to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want product or do you want quality? <laughs> right. Because I'm giving you product. Not quality, product. Okay. A lot of it. Sorry, and a lot of it. Sorry, I just had to shit on you on the level of job you did on Harley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I could not resist. It was like listening to the forum arguments I don't read or reply to. <laughs> you could have offered us the same courtesy. Right. But no, he you had to grab yeah. my email and shoot it to me. Normally I like your shit. But even as someone wearing a BMW suit on my Versus, I find the endless Harley trashing to be tiring. I'm happy someone is adding one more ADV bike for me to choose from. If it's bad, well, I won't buy it. That's pretty much everybody's opinion. We haven't seen it yet, so nobody can actually determine it. Yeah, right. But we've seen what they produce so far. It's still vaporware. I just don't like the way it looks. That's all I know about it, the way it looks. Oh, yeah. yeah. looks like a fucking Cylon. And what is the lightest (laughs) Harley-Davidson that they make? Right. What is the weight of the lightest? The 883 Sportster Girl Edition with no extra stuff on it. It's still too heavy. It's still 700 pounds. I just listened to that podcast like yesterday, and I don't think think we shit on it at all, really. It was just... Well, anybody else that's not... I mean, like, here's the thing. It doesn't exist yet. 
Right. So the, any opinion We're is still just that. Unicorn. It's an opinion. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if we all went and wrote it and we came back and we said, well, this thing's a pig and this is why, right. that would be one thing. But right now, like anybody that's not crapping on it is right. just as facetious as we are for crapping on it. Well, it, yeah. so, it might not even come out. Right, yeah. If you're a fanboy, you're a fanboy. And right. you're just as guilty as we are. We are coming into it with this well-earned sense of skepticism based on, well, we know that the powertrain is going to be from India right. because it's based on the 500 Okay, let's each of us say something nice about the, oh, no, how about the new Harley ADV. No, but how about this? How about this? When it does come out <laughs> right. and and it weighs 512 pounds right. and it gets 65 miles to the gallon sure. and it I can jump a 12 thing right. and 100, 100 horsepower. All right, is anybody else going to say, like, we're not going to eat crow and say, like, you know right. what? Wow, they, they pulled it off. They blew me out of the water. No, yeah. of course not. Right. We'd all say, like, holy shit, this is it's a great good. Point. Yeah, mm-hmm. wonderful. It's good. Well done, Harley. I would hope that we would give them the same amount of respect and dignity we would give uh, California Scooter Company <laughs> when we actually tested their product. <laughs> so when we, we talked about it, we were careful because we always said we haven't tested the product yet. Right. We only know what we know anecdotally, mm-hmm. and the best we can do is hearsay and supposition. But then we were able to lay our hands on one that had been ridden, you know, and had been broken in. And we got to try it. We got to give our honest opinion of it. And we gave our honest opinion of it. And we did the same thing here when we rode around a bunch of 300, you know, 300, 400 cc motorcycles. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fun to be able to actually have this firsthand experience with something. And believe me, if that thing materializes, one of us is going to go ride it. You know, it's going to happen. And that, and, and believe me, when it does happen, we're going to have an opinion, and you know whether no matter what it is, it's going to be. I still feel strongly about you sold 155 motorcycles in India, right? And that's not enough motorcycles being sold in India to justify what you say yeah. is moving production to India. Right? You're not but, selling them. I, I'm pretty sure that they didn't, because remember the the press statement was that. Those motorcycles built in India are for sale in India. Right. And we said, well, but aren't the ones you're selling here made in India too? And they went, no, no, right. no. Those bikes in India are only for sale in India. America. So you're saying that last year you only built 155 motorcycles in the factory you built in oh, India? Wait a minute. What if we were looking at this all wrong? What if that yeah. factory is primarily a black T-shirt making? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the thing true. Is, no, it's one hundred percent. I didn't true. think about yeah, that. Yeah, it could be just me making black T-shirts. Most of the income <laughs> at most Harley dealerships are merchandise, yeah. not oh, motorcycles. Yeah. Right. I can tell you whether or not it's the actual dollars of income. It absolutely is the margin. Right. So we're right. supposed to be saying something nice. No, oh. not. Nobody ever said you respond to negative That's criticism. That's sort of nice. I said I wrote a Harley. So the negative week, criticism about the sound quality. Cinch was already talking about. Right. He's got some gear. We're working. Yeah, on. yeah we're we working. Got some on. Mics. We're, we're not on. sure that's ever going to happen. We're not going to make it a fucking priority for you, motherfucker. It was talked about. Okay, we were talking about. You achieved your goal. You kicked the hornet's nest. And, and on top of that... <laughs> and you got us to read your email on air, which we rarely ever fucking do. And the thing is, so. is I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. Like, yeah. you might listen to Stop the... Stop kicking the fucking table, Phil. <laughs> yeah. I like get another there's beer a lot of podcasts you, need a banana. <laughs> you listen to the cramps. Jim Norton podcast or something, yeah. and he's making money off sponsorship and all yeah. this stuff, and they can afford to do stuff. Phil is kind enough to stay here after he's worked a 12-hour day and open it up to let everybody... Like 10 see. hours today. Okay, 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Either way, like... There's no money being made. There's no like, so anything. No. That, any song quality that comes out of this is because we're investing, or you're investing, yeah, or somebody here is putting their money into it. 
Well, I certainly don't it. know what we can we can do about the laughing and the coughing and stuff like that. I mean, I get it, but yeah. wait till this winter. If you don't like the coughing, the snorting, and the sneezing, <laughs> well, you're fucked. <laughs> wait till cold and flu season. Yeah. When cold and flu season rolls in, you're in trouble. Well, it's going to be a so fucking the thing that, sponsored by Dimetap. The thing that attracted me to this, like you know, like I said, like a long time ago, I explained, like you know, you guys saved me from a, a miserable winter. But it's when you're with your friends in a garage. Yeah. Nobody's censoring their coughing and sneezing no. and farting or burping or anything. You're hanging out in a garage, and that's what I feel that this is supposed to be. It's a bunch of dudes hanging out in a garage. Hey, yeah. guys. Speaking of garage, would you be interested in a Cleveland Moto project? I've been having strange visions. In the garage, Mahal? You do say. I do say. What if we could have a project bike? Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this idea of a project bike, and uh, I was—I rode a Honda 919 Hornet, I just called a CBR 919 here, and I really, really liked it. I mean, I, it's a good bike. I liked it in they a very a unnatural following. way. Yeah, it's a good solid bike. Didn't they have really a 599 too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you said Hornet, I didn't even. But in in Europe, they have a 250 Hornet. They do. Like that. Hornets so, yeah. are all over the place. I was pretty sure you were talking yeah. about that because I don't yeah. know what yeah. you could. Have yeah, the 919, and you know, it's fuel injected. Uh, after I think 2003 or four, they got some actually pretty good suspension put on them, mm-hmm. and yeah. So what we're to go back to the story, the uh, the Honda Hornet, as much as I think it's delicious and it's fantastic, I found us a GSXR 600 that is deliciouser and fantasticer and cheaper <laughs> because it's crashed. Oh, and uh, how, how much crashed is it? Super duper awesomely, just the exact exact right amount of crashed. <laughs> so uh, for podcast listeners to let you know what that means, what that means is the Front wheel is apparently where it's supposed to be. It's not any closer <laughs> to the motor than we would normally want it to be. Right. Allegedly. Um, well, you, oh, you've, seen, you've seen the bike? Yes, I inspected okay. the bike today. Oh, okay. And there is a thing where um, short wheelbase motorcycles, well, shortened wheelbase motorcycles <laughs> are not desirable. No. And longer <laughs> wheelbase motorcycles are not desirable. And a lot of times in a crash, people hit the object in front of them perfectly straight. Mm-hmm. And so the bike still kind of rides, mm-hmm. and it, it still rides. If you didn't see that your front tire was scraping the exhausts, you <laughs> wouldn't know how bad the crash was. Your turning, your turn would be interesting, you right? Turn oh, they drop right, right in, man. Yeah, they, they they follow a line like nobody's business. Take yeah. a little ride on that bike over there. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. And there's a there's a for real thing about we've had a number of bikes that were short wheelbase bikes because they were just crashed perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, they went right straight in the back of a car. <laughs> and it bent both fork tubes equally, or it bent the frame equally, um, depending on what kind of bike it is. But this thing's got two flat tires. It's been stationary for over three years. Mm. So, that just means they probably need air in the tires. Oh, no. And they're good tires. Like, the back tire was just put on. <laughs> and uh, so the back tire's fresh as a daisy. We just got to wake it up. Three years of sitting. And now, this is the thing fuel that's got... Injected. Fuel injected. It's either going to be great or not great. I believe this motorcycle has titanium valves. Hmm. Okay. So, this is a little more exotic than the boys from Cleveland Moto are used to working on. <laughs> this is not your typical, this is a 40-year-old barn find right. wake-up. <laughs> uh, we may want to wake this one up real gently 
because I don't want to know what it sounds like when a titanium valve stem snaps. Uh, Hi, Dave. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I don't think, yeah, I think we're going to be real careful waking this one up. But I've got, I've got my hooks into it. We're going to somehow manifest a title. It's a 2006. And I spent the day, if you want to have some fun, Google 2006 uh, Suzuki GSX-R600. Because the term gushing doesn't begin to cover what the news journalists did about this motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were all just like... <clears throat> it was Viagra for the sport bike scene. It really <laughs> was. I, I think that everybody who reviewed it, everybody who said anything about it, was just like, this is an insanely ungodly amount of power, <laughs> and it is also refined to the point of amazing. What's it weigh? Like 300, 400 pounds? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's like very light. Yeah. Yeah, it's 600 cc's and all of about like 390 pounds. It's the motorcycle version of fentanyl. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably shouldn't have been released upon the public. It probably should have been it, what I like to characterize as sport-only motorcycles. Sport-only motorcycles are motorcycles that the operator is the worst thing on the bike, yeah. meaning that the bike <coughs> could get around Excuse the racetrack without you, on, without it. you <laughs> on it, and it would be much happier. Yeah. And then uh, the thing that's sad about it is that it appeals to the biggest squids in the world. Well, yeah. The guys yeah. That buy it. And that's, so sad. that has always been a, a dangerous thing. Right. I've always appreciated... It's a starter bike. <laughs> it's exactly... <laughs> it's a 600. Shit, dude, that's a starter bike. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I've always really respected the, the little... 600s like that Triumph TT 611 horsepower 111 horsepower wow. there you go yeah 40 miles per gallon 140 mile range yeah we'll never take we'll never ride that far it's only a 15 out of 17 insurance group yeah oh yeah which means which means <laughs> in England just hand over your fucking wallet yeah <laughs> yeah you, it's only and it's a 600 yet it's a 15 out of 17 insurance group mm-hmm. so what that would mean is that it's the most dangerous 600 right but the, uh, the, the, or funny, the most stealable. But the funny part is, is like when you look at a 600, especially in that time frame, 2006 or whatever, yeah. to the 1000s that came out, they might have 160 horsepower. Yeah. But what is your usable horsepower range on a street, even being a hooligan? It, like, what are you going to pull? Like, I still have a hard argument for anything over 50. Yeah. Like, 50 horsepower is more than yeah. adequate right. to get most but things I'm just done, saying, like, these guys, these guys are like, oh, it's only yeah. a 600. Yeah. Well... Anywhere, if you're not, well, he's dead, so I can't use him. If you're not Valentino Rossi, right? Yeah. what is the usable power range of a 600 to 1,000 for a normal dude? Well, and it has to be at 10,000 RPM before anything exciting happens anyway. Right. So, so unless you're riding around all the time at... Right. Uh, 175 <laughs> miles per hour indicated, 163 actual. A 12-mile speedo, speedo variance oh at 170 per this person. How shameful. Could have been a bad tire. <laughs> How shameful. That's ridiculous. But yeah, but I mean, it, 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 I always, I always laughed about that. Like the difference, all these guys are like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get a thousand. I can't ride a six hundred. Really, you what? can't ride. It? I'd like to see you ride. I'd like to see you use a six hundred to actually use all six hundred right. CCs. Right. Well, no. the idea behind the stunting bikes was you'd build a cage around it, mm-hmm. so you could do stunts and have fun on it. And then when the bike would fall down, it wouldn't be incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Or the weight dis- distribution. Right. Like, for instance, like my bike, the only thing that I actually could ride halfway decently, the 900RR, that bike had a balance point that was about 52 degrees. Yeah. Anywhere in between those 52 degrees, the yeah. bike would sure. wheelie. It would wheelie. Yeah. yeah. Where, like, you know, GSSR 1000, it had a 20-degree right. balance point. So, like, you know, it was whatever. So Oh, yeah. 
I think we have the technology that once we strip everything that's on this bike that's plastic off of it mm. and get it down. 11.9 second quarter mile. Yeah. There you go. Pretty slow in the quarter. Uh, <laughs> but I do think that once we take off everything that's sharp, that used to hold plastic on. Did it have any spikes on it? No. Oh. <laughs> it was remarkably stock. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. it, was, it, was, it was super stock until it had been lightly modified. Yeah, right. Yeah, on both sides. Uh, Organically. I actually think that this bike, I think by the nature of the crash, it got all the left, a whole lot of the right, and most of the back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So he high sided, low sided, high sided. Yeah, I think it low sided for a while, <laughs> and then, then caught flipped. high side, yeah, yeah. and then probably did a blue green, blue green, blue green for a while, yeah, and which cleaned it of most of its things that weren't bolted on. <laughs> yeah, uh, does it have foot pegs at this point? One of them. One, okay. so, so most of the removing stuff has already taken yeah, it's already right. removed. Yeah. Yeah. did all yeah. the work. Right. It didn't come with a big gut pile. It just yeah. showed up as it was, uh, al fresco. And it didn't, uh, it really, when I looked at it, I was like, you know what? There's a perfectly good motor, a perfectly good set of forks. Uh, the chain's not even that rusty yet. And the back tire looks great. So as long as that front fork, as long as those front forks, which are upside downs and expensive and hard to, Fix. Right. You know, we don't fix those. You replace those. Right. The GSXR 600's radial Tokiko. Tokikos, yeah. Tokiko brakes are like running into a brick wall. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> when you want to stop. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I think maybe they may have had some assistance in that uh, in that regard because there may have been a wall involved. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, this was a this was a uh, gal's bike. So this is a. a Did you do you ride. know the uh, the the outcome of the crash? E? She took about a 10-year break from motorcycles. Okay, but she's still walking oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the face of the planet. Alive and okay, planet, introducing children. The so whole it's deal. not a haunted bike. Yeah. It's just a crash mm-hmm. bike. It's just a crash bike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's no ghosts or demons yeah. with this All one. Right. Good, good. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> it was purchased as a used bike, and I have a feeling that it was... Too, she's, I think the story was that it was a year too old when she got it as a used mm-hmm. bike. And uh, certain parts of the bike were... Not factory. They had been resprayed. So I think the bike had been crashed once before Ooh. she got it, and had been rebuilt. So was, there's some history and there. sold as just like new. Well, the Red cool part is like the tank's 30, not going to. Yeah, yeah. The tank's not going to have any testicle imprints. No, nice. no. It's it's a slipper clutch. Squish. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it is a slipper clutch. Three hundred and fifty-five pounds. Three fifty-five. Oh my goodness! Look at that. At a hundred and ten horsepower. Yeah. Well, there's a that needs to go into one of your little cars. That's you should yeah. replace. No, that, that would be three times as much. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, now wait a minute. Can you put a pull start on this thing? Oh, oh. <laughs> boonie bike racing <laughs> with a 600 cc. <laughs> that's interesting. It is really interesting. Zero to sixty three point one seconds. What? Wow. What? Three point one seconds. Zero to sixty. That's fierce. Yeah, but the rider was 135 pounds. This is yes, it. and. Fearless. Yeah, and the drag really, bars yeah. were nine feet long. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, that is amazing. Holy shit, that's quick. The uh, that's nearly zero territory there. The uh, that's fast. The uh, I am what I'm. I guess what I'm hoping we can accomplish with this is uh, a bike that. I assume you don't have to shift out of first gear. Probably not. Not first with gear at thirteen five is going to yeah. be sixty miles an hour. Sixty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm hoping is that 
we can add enough tubing to the bike so that if we were to abandon ship mid-bad decision, that the bike wouldn't remove parts of itself. It needs a suicide shift, too. For do you want to do the, the full loop that you can actually do? Do a 360? Let's just put a sphere around yeah. it. Let's just put a whole <laughs> fucking like... sphere around it. So all you got to do is strap into the bike. Right. Do a stop. And then you do a wheelie, uh... and you blow it, and it just yeah. rolls like a hamster ball. Yeah, that's the 830 at Saturday Mid-Ohio bike. Oh, is that really? Yeah, that's yeah, the that's... 830 at Saturday. Yeah, yeah, this Saturday. is... You want to go to the Mexican restaurant? Oh, wait. Watch this. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Bring yeah, the hamster yeah. bike. Yeah. It is the hamster bike. I'm there. I'm back. I'm back. I'm there. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm thinking is with this, kind of th- with this kind of power and with this kind of capabilities, it would be completely normal to build a Street Fighter out of it. Oh, yeah. But that is completely not cool. But no, but to redefine what a Street Fighter is right now and, and like use all of our opinions to decide that would oh, be really okay. cool. I was thinking about building something wildly impractical, like a sphere. <laughs> well, you I just know, think knobbies need to be you've applied. You've seen Wall to of Death. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Ball of Death. Ball of Death. <laughs> I'm no. thinking, I'm thinking ball of a Lazy death. Boy on it. Lazy oh, Boy. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. If, if you're going to go the sphere route, mile an hour lazy. If you're going to go the sphere route, we right. have to design bowling pins, and then yes. it just has to become Ooh. a human bowling sure. machine. Sure. We need a big. You know what? You get a four by eight sheet of plywood, paint right. it. You know, cut a bowling pin out of it. Yeah. Not a bowling pin. Not a bowling pin. Stack them up. Not a bowling pin. And your job is you ride at the pins, grab the front brake, and just go out as many pins as you can take out. I'm in. <laughs> I think a sphere is. I think a sphere is calling to me. Yep, not a sphere. Yeah. If this was a trike, then yes, and because right. I've seen that, and that actually works pretty well. Right. This no. This trike? Needs... No, I've seen two wheelers do it all the time. Okay, little one tens. That they always had the balls. No, no, they're going, but they're a wheel. I'm thinking sphere. sphere. No, I get what you're saying, yeah. but I'm saying like the the the, the wheel worked. Yeah. So a sphere is just adding like like drunken stupidity. Yeah, we're to adding it. Yeah. Z axis. Yeah, like you didn't yeah. quite hit the straight on right. stoppy. Right, and so well, now I you're think a straight sideways. on stoppy is far too much for any of us to achieve. Yeah, I, I think that the likelihood of this going pear shaped is pretty much yeah, right. given. Yeah. Oh, right. that, yeah. Well, so work. I'm thinking that we do a sphere, mm-hmm. and then the only thing that's not part of the sphere are the two contact patches of the tires, and so it'll be a, a lumpy sphere. Right. So at some point the sphere will be stable. The odds of getting it back on its two wheels again are Im- totally improbable. Well, the thing that's given me really excitement about this whole yeah. thing is the fact that there's welding involved. Yeah. And so that means that I'm going to be able to build my mini bike because there'll be welding going on. <laughs> so now I'll be like, bring right. that back. I was thinking sphere. <laughs> there won't yeah. be any good welding going on. That's all I'm telling you. But I was trying to picture like, can we get a ball of death? Oh yeah. From somewhere already, you, like, you'll need a slip roll if you're going to just use tubing. You know right. what I mean, like yes. which isn't too hard. You know, right. like it just. Or what about just wearing one of those like inflatable suits? Oh, sumo <laughs> suit. <laughs> no, no, the ball. Like you ever see the guys that play tennis or uh, soccer? The soccer things, yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, the big yeah, the ball. Right. You just somehow incorporate that into the bike. But inflatable in AMA vintage days doesn't work because we're very stabby. Yeah, you're right. Everything yeah. you wear is yeah, stabby. It's, it's super stabby. Yeah, like, true. everything you wear is stabby. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, And the it's gravel is stabby. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, stabby. I was trying to think of some way that we could do something. And be light enough that it wouldn't be, like, out of the, you know, of horrible, but yeah. still. Yeah, it could happen. What would the diameter of the sphere be? It would have to be. The bike cubed. Ten, no, it would have to be. <laughs> it would have to be. 
I think the total diameter, in order for it to do a good loop, the bike's wheelbase would have to be... Times pi. Well, because if it's too big, then, then you'll get the, the weight of the bike would offset it yes, too it much, will. I think. Right. Yes. Yeah. But that would be cool. Right, so the wheelbase is going to be this long. Yeah. So right. the tube, so it's going to have a flat spot. Right, it has right. to have a flat fine. spot there, so if, you're, if your fingers are the wheelbase, then we'd want to go out beyond that to here that's and huge. to here. That's and that's huge. <laughs> that's what I was saying, a 10-foot diameter feet. sphere. Yeah, a that's ten foot true. diameter sphere. That seems reasonable. <laughs> seems reasonable. <laughs> well, that ten foot diameter I is think, not too bad. That's right. four feet above your head. Right, right. If you're standing up on no, the bike. But you guys are thinking of this wrong. Right. You're thinking of this wrong because yeah. the front and back wheel could be sticking out from the sphere, and it's not going to stop you from doing dumb shit. You're not, right. Not that's like true. too you're much. Right. You're right. It could be like if the sphere came here yeah. and the front wheel was out like. Do that. you know the Carney ride that has the the Ferris wheel, but each little car spins independently right. and spins. I was thinking something like that, but a little bit bigger. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it wouldn't have to be ridiculously big. Right. Like, if you look at the guys that have done the yeah. the wheels, yeah. they're not that huge. They're like a, an eight-foot yeah, so eight wheel. Yeah, eight-foot right. circumference, yeah. And it works. So if you just did another one this way and then right. continued them this way yeah. and that way. Just kept welding yeah. them circles. And so it's there. not going to be – It's right. not. you're not going to roll 16 times down the thing without no. hitting your wheels or anything. But – Considering that we would never get it straight enough to do that, you're going right. to roll sideways. Exactly. You'll just be like, thump, 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 whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a sphere? It is a sphere. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's on the ATV. Yes. Yeah. And that's pretty much a roly poly. And he does get it up. And that sphere is. You can hit the brakes and go forward. You can do whatever you want. You can go really hard this way and roll sideways. The shape and the whip helps you to do the sideways. And that, by the way, that is. Perfect AMA shenanigans bullshit right there. Yeah. I mean, that thing is, that is exactly oh, yeah. what it needs to be. A trike yeah. with a ball of death around it. That is yeah. exactly what that needs to be. That particular device, uh, and what is that? What is that? You read the name of that YouTube video, sir. So Honda ATC Roll Cage. Roll Cage. Yeah. Roll. <laughs> roll, roll Cage. R O L L L L L. Oh, and he can even do a little assist where if it's kind of stuck this way, you just push on the ground and it'll. So that obviously is. Take a stick with you so you can write yourself. Push but, stick. but to the root of this whole conversation, so we just this has only been a month since AMA Vintage Days, right. and all of us are already planning next year. Yes, they, like I, I have no money and I'm saving for Here's something. What happens. Yeah. We talk right. and we talk and nothing happens. And we talk right. and then about a you know and our lives are busy. Right. And a week yeah. before AMA, and a week before we're like, holy shit, it's next week. I gotta build. Fuck. I gotta build a trailer out of a. I get it. I get a little trailer. Out of you guys can say what you want. I have plans. I have like <laughs> I have plans for next year. I'm taking things with me. We're I have with a three you. bike I'm trailer. With, I'm, with Cinch. I'm taking shit there next year. But we do have to find a good use for an otherwise disposable. Look, that motherfucker runs and is rideable. Yeah, it's already got good use. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, yeah, we haven't achieved that point yet. It'll um, grow. It'll grow. Right. It'll be modified yeah. in situ. Yeah. I think the first thing we should do is reduce it. Reduce Absolutely. it down to the base core elements. Yes. There's no reason not to do that. Right. And so right. take it down to something that is just the absolute minimum of a thing that it can be. I mean, I want it to still have 17-inch wheels. I want it to still be a, a usable thing. But we I have to spend zero money doing it. Oh, no. We can only take money off of it. Right. Yeah. Sell everything. <laughs> it has to get rid of the clip-ons right. and put some dirt bike bars on it, so we can actually right. ride it. Because all our old asses can't lean over that's enough true. to ride a dirt that's bike. That's absolutely so, or, I mean, true. A, a yeah. sport as long bike. as that's free. Yep. And, and, free. and I'm going to think that we're going to have to harvest some of the gut piles we have laying around here. Mm -hmm. And uh, all four turn signals may not match. Right. right. But that's 
Paste I've got them. lots of perm signals that I can <laughs> throw at this. And, and he made a thing that we could use LEDs. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, and yeah, we can yeah, also yeah. just put LEDs. We can glue LEDs to it. Everywhere. No, I've yeah. got some CB750 from 1974. About, like, big, big, old, industrial. Yeah, the, the LEDs. Volkswagen does. It's a short wheelbase Volkswagen that they've made into a roller as well. <laughs> That I thing bounces a wicked boy. bounce yeah, on the exit. Yeah. yeah, there are no shock absorbers on that at all. They probably had to take the shock absorbers out to make it bounce enough yep. to do the roll. I saw the video of him making that. Uh, oh yeah, it's, it's he part of the cut it and weld it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's the beauty about that's front wheel crazy. drive is yep. that wheelbase is no longer a critical factor <laughs> yeah. at all. But yeah, I would like to do something stupid fun with it since look, it'd be one thing to cut up a CT ninety. It'd be another thing to cut up a very prized piece of... I mean, for fuck's sake, it's a GSX-R. Right, right. It is the scalpel. It is the, yeah, well, the fucking high fruit of all high fruit. And I, we should disrespect it as much as humanly possible. <laughs> I just like the apocalypse. You said knobbies on the tires. Yeah. I like the yeah, apocalypto yeah. bike. Like, yeah. yeah. War bike. Yeah. I mean, if the thing has... If you're going into this with the concept that it's going to be a mid-Ohio bike, right? Just keep that in mind, right? So uh, we all like we all know we've all you, been there enough yeah. to know, and you know that there's all kinds of like like it needs to have airbags on it, <laughs> not not for you, but for when other people hit you. What, what if you put the BW tires? Oh, a jack shaft and some. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's and really you can do that with twenty horsepower. You don't yeah, want to waste yeah, one hundred eleven yeah, horsepower. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. The only yeah. thing I want to do with the drivetrain is yeah. put a bigger sprocket on. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Gear it down, right. yeah, so yeah. that you don't need to be ten thousand RPM. If you want to spray gravel from here yeah. to, uh, yeah, that's if you want to yeah. nurse, we're never going wanna... to go hundred. What did you say the top speed was one hundred seventy-five miles per hour? One hundred sixty-three, one hundred sixty-three miles per hour. If you want to, we cru- need to take a hundred off of that. If you want to cruise it around <laughs> at an idle, it'll just lope. It'll right. roll. But yeah. we want to do sort of sixty in three seconds. Right? Off of that through sprockets alone. <laughs> if we put the if we put the ball on it, can and the sprocket be bigger than the tire? And we well, yeah. If you do if you do the sprocket and the cage, you can do a backflip. Well, yes, you're right. Absolutely, yeah. I've yeah. seen stunt bikes where they really had no lean, a- lean angle because, because the, the sprocket, sprocket was, was so big. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of the thing. I think if the bike goes 70 miles an hour, that's more than enough. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I, that's fine. For mid-Ohio purposes, it is really all about the... Yeah. <laughs> we want the front. We want it to be a... Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, is it might not hurt to have a seven-foot wheelie bar... I know somebody with, with a shock a, absorber. In it. You know, John. So we can do a Bruce gradual wheelie bar. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We can make a wheelie bar. I can bar. make a wheelie bar. Yeah. And with an adjustable suspension in the wheelie bar, so we can dial so in the resistance. Kind of, yeah. So you can be like, "Look, I want to do a wheelie for a week." Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody ever made a fork? This is kind of like a telescoping fork where when you do a wheelie, the front wheel stays on the ground when the bike comes up, it still comes down. And has You're not even so actually like, doing so just a wheelie. Kind of look, yeah, it just, just kind of comes up and comes down. And then That's intriguing. You're going, from, That's intriguing. <laughs> You're going from a sport bike to a chopper. Yeah, a chopper, just a chopper. like a little bit up and it's down. It's like one of those cheap telescoping ladders. Yeah, totally. So you just take a cheap yes. telescoping lighter. It's called a 1978 XS750. Oh, yeah. With shaft drive yeah. and these big, long fork Super tubes. Super long fork tubes. And every time you hit 
did that, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, the front wheel never came off the ground. Yeah. It doesn't come off the ground, but no. there was a lot of travel. Yeah, a lot of shaft jack. 20 degrees of travel. And it was like, every time you hit the guy, you're like, whoop, and then you let off. <laughs> so the headlight, the headlight would go to Mars, yeah, yeah. and then ants, and then oh. Mars, and then ants. CX-500s are like that, yeah, you know, with yeah, their, yeah. if they're clapped out. Super just, long travel on those. All right, if you're going to do the, uh, now you got me all this wheelie thing and stuff, right? So yeah. the headlight, we have to weight it and put it on a on, on a swivel. Oh, yeah, so it's oh, so yeah. that it always stays always straight. Always aimed at the right <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's not the worst idea. Yeah, yeah. The pendulum headlight? Yeah, pendulum, pendulum headlight. headlight. Yeah, but I do think that in the in the spirit of Mid-Ohio. It's yeah. funny. Earlier today, I was thinking of Mid-Ohio builds, and I was well, like, mm-hmm. I want to build like a tall bike, like take a dirt bike. Right. But add a tall dirt bike. Well, well, <laughs> well, like it's already got a lot of clearance. Yes, but weld an extra piece of pipe or um, just weld another dirt bike to it. Well, no, 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 <laughs> just, that's tall bike. just yeah. really <clears throat> over exaggerate the oh. suspension. Like, yeah. take the fork tubes out and right. put an adapter that you add another two feet to the yeah. front. Okay, all right. And somehow, yeah. like, do an extended swing arm and right. add like another two feet to the rear. So you're like. Dirt bike, but you got to climb up on, you know, not a double bike, okay. not a. You know, yeah. That's like, brilliant because like people the, like that were the bicycle and uh, Kevin's. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 yeah I, great. I think that's a, that's not a GSXR. No, 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 no. I was also thinking about the GSXR that is the um, the power unit for a system of like a trailer. Like, hauls many people and many beers and many... Bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a float, basically. Right. It's a float, right? It's a float. And that that is the power unit for the float. So we just have, like, okay... That, the back half of the bike right. goes on the back of this float. Yes. The front half is yes. maybe mm-hmm. a car. Right. Maybe, maybe a car. A maybe anything. Wagon, right. Exactly. Maybe a can be anything it needs to be. Runner, right? front end, whatever. Yeah. And like, that's... that's the, I was kind of heading on that path, too. The only hiccup I see with that... Yeah. Is that then you're going to be surrounded by people that you don't want to be around mm. more than five minutes, mm. and they're just going to yeah. be there at all times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what are you talking about? I just spent like two hours with you. Bro. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Pull the pin, leave them all behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drive out. <laughs> I I have an '84 XR200 chassis okay. with a Vermont title. Yeah. How about more like a metal picnic table? Is what I'm thinking. Uh, that, oh yeah. wait, if he's got an XR200 <laughs> chassis. All he needs is the pull start 440. Oh, that's true. Snowmobile. That's true. Look, I want all this when you're done yeah, with it, and I want to put it in that Super Hawk frame. <laughs> yeah. The Super Hawk with the GSXR motor might be kind of sexy. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so, how much of this? Wait, you just take the GSXR, the whole just, wiring harness, and just leave it where it is because it's perfect. And then you just add Super Hawk parts to it. (laughs) Because that's better. That's better than what's going to happen if you try to take the wiring harness out of the GSXR (laughs) and the motor out of the GSXR. It's probably not a good idea. What what Japan has put together, let no man separate. (laughs) (laughs) How much fab? But seriously, how much fab would there be? Because basically, on the GSXR and any sport bike in the last 15 years, the motor is a stressed member of yes, the frame. Right. So and now you're so trying to... super hot. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because it's a tube like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. It'd be interesting, though. That wouldn't yeah. be a. That wouldn't be an afternoon... That would... Uh, that actually has been done with the Hornet 250 motor. Mm. I okay. saw one where they took uh, a modern Hornet 250 yeah. inline liquid-cooled four-cylinder right. motor and put it in a super hot. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But that's a 250, so it's a lot more. 250, very Economy tiny, of scale. Very tiny, yeah. Mm. 
This I was looking at this GSXR today. But I bet a, a motor's G- real small. I was going to say I bet yeah. a, G- a 600 and a 250 yeah. probably isn't a big difference. I was kind of surprised at how tiny the motor was when I was really getting to look at it, and uh, it is liquid cooled as a motherfucker. So there's a, a fair amount of plumbing involved. Mm. Let me ask so. you this too. So when you get to 600 cc's, you can obviously go different ways. You can have a fatter cylinder or a longer stroke or whatever, right? So which way does it go? The cylinder. I mean, the cylinder is probably pretty tiny. Right? I'm pretty sure I this is a very most short of those by, motor. I thought they're mostly square. No, I was going to say square, but yeah, okay. square. Yeah, square. All right. Yeah, I would think so because they spin to 13,500 right. rpm. Right, right. You know, right, they're right. Uh, they just spin, spin, and spin like crazy. And uh, spin some more. Yeah. But yeah, there is there's a thing waiting for us here. If, if this, I pretty much have locked the bike in right now. Is there anything you can do like right now to call somebody? Like, I mean, what's that? I mean, we're just sitting around here sucking our thumbs. We could be yeah. working on this thing. Well, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, do gotta, it, do it now. I got to get the bike out of a certain backyard, and then there's a title. Like you, said. And you have to cut down a tree to get the bike out. No, mm-hmm. I don't have to cut a tree. We don't. Well, have to cut the, the tree title to get doesn't sound out. that important if the goal is Mid Ohio because yeah. But yeah. no, no. In the in the sake of prying it from the hands of its current owner, yeah, there's going to have to be a certain amount of formality. Okay, mm-hmm. All right. You know what I'm saying? If I go over there and just be like, I don't care about the title, just give me the bike, then they're going to know they're getting ripped off. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we so, want. Yeah. So is that going to be the punishment bike on the? No, like uh, bad I, ideas. I think, that our, I think our mid-Atlantic bad decisions are out due to the fact that everyone sitting around the table has jobs. Uh, there's no way that we can commit to five or six or seven days. I'm doing it. I am doing something. <laughs> riding am, these miles. Well, but what I was thinking is instead is Hoffert has um, a house, a beach house. Who's uh, there now? In the Adirondacks. Yeah, yeah. And that seems Speculator. like a better place. What's that? Speculator. Speculator New York. And that seems hmm. like a better thing for us to take a two or three day weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, and go yeah. go out there. I'm That's all fine. over that like a seagull on a French fry. Yes, as long as we exactly. ride there, as long as I can say that I spent yeah. four days on my motorcycle. Right, and that's you're going to absolutely be able to do that. All right, and I think that's a much better idea than for us to. I'll be take driving a, a vehicle with my work. motorcycle trailer or hold behind yeah. it. To take a week so off you know. of work. Uh, that's fine. That's all good. Right. To ride from exactly. ambiguous point A to ambiguous yeah, point B, and then back to that point. The more that I looked at it and the more that I talked to people around here that do have jobs, um, they just don't have the kind of vacation days to go it's gonna be rough. fuck off for eight days. You know? But a three-day weekend is still doing it. a three-day weekend is doing yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> but we and could. We could go to the Alleghenies for a Saturday-Sunday on inappropriate bikes and ride the trails there for $20. I'm going to take an entirely appropriate bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, I, and I do think that but I'm all for that. Yeah, I am yeah, all for yeah. that. But I think that the biggest thing for us is going to be like in the idea of a, a September October trip of uh, just being able to get out and the fact that Steve has the property is fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. It's so cool that we'll be able to go out and use that. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, we need to work on finding somebody in our sphere of influence that has something like 13 anchors or more mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we can use for a weekend. Because I, I got that. We're going to build a mini bike track next year on 13 acres. We're going to do a flat track mini bike. We're going to try to do it this year, but it's too rushed. Well, here's why I'm saying. Because we've given Mods versus Rockers a year off to heal. Mm-hmm. But I got we, guys. We have to start planning for next year. Okay. What do you need? Just campground? A weekend campsite. All right. We got that. Yep. Don't worry about it. A weekend got, campsite. I got we several need a, dudes. We need a place where we can land 50 to 100 motorcycles. Mm-hmm. 
pitch tents and have a real nice overnighter Mm -hmm. so people can ride to the destination and then drink themselves stupid. With a 600-foot bonfire. What's that? 600-foot bonfire, no problem. Yeah, Yeah, three 200-foot bonfires. Okay, probably that's not, that's not, yeah. right. Don't want to blow it all in the Whatever bonfires We know where to get the, all the pallets we want for free. So, <laughs> uh, so that will regulate the size of the bonfire. Speculator but is seven hours, two minutes. Seven hours, yeah. Seven hour drive from here. Mm. Yeah, speculator. So that's a nice, that's a good day ride. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. that sounds good. We'll yeah, that sounds, that. I mean, that sounds like a, a decent, a decent trip for us. Uh, aside from that, man, yeah, I, like, that's, I think that's a good autumn ride for us. Yeah. I think that's a good... What's that? So we also have to do... We have to do... I think coming up, now that the the weather's getting interesting, we should do some weekend, like, couple-hour things once in a while Mm -hmm. and get people interested in doing something. I think think we need to do more of that. My Sundays are pretty good. Yeah. My Saturdays are busy, but, you know, my Saturdays are kind of taken up. But Sundays are fine. What I would like to see is... Uh, in any motorcycle community, we're doing a pretty good job with our Thursday night events. So we've got our, uh, coming up August 23rd, if you listen to our podcast, we're going to be having uh, Pints. What does she call her Pistons event? and Pints? At, uh, the one at uh, Prosperity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the Roundup. Two-wheel Roundup. Two-wheel Roundup. <laughs> yep. And so you have the Two-wheel Roundup, uh, which is going to be August 23rd. So if you're listening to this podcast, it'll be... <laughs> You know, less than a week away. Um, also, and in this, she does an amazing ten dollars steak dinner. Yeah, yeah, and that, that can't be beat for ten bucks. That weekend, it's also, like a sore dick. You can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. She does yeah. <laughs> also, that weekend, yeah. if anybody's interested, I was going to go the whole weekend, but I just I don't know if I want to do the whole weekend. But Moto America is coming to Pittsburgh at the Pittsburgh International Raceway, which is about two and a half hours from here. Yeah. And you have some of the best road racers, basically. Um, uh, you know, the MotoGP of America is happening there, and it's only two hours away. So I think it's pretty cheap to go one day. It's like 25 bucks. So I was yeah. thinking maybe take a ride out, do the back roads on a Sunday or a Saturday. Yeah. And, and it's a beautiful racetrack. I mean, it's it's got everything well, you need. I went there last year, and and they, like, compared to, like, mid-Ohio or places like that with the races going on, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you can walk wherever. You can oh, yeah. walk into the pits. Yeah. You can hang out with the racers. Like It's wide open. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, that yeah, that right. event's coming up, and uh, that roundup... And then this weekend, if you're into a short plan, I know Nemeth's, which is in Painesville, that we've done some uh, two-wheel events there, is doing Pistons and Pints on Sunday. So they haven't done one in a and while. And you know what tomorrow is, too? What is tomorrow? Uh, Saturday, Saturday, Cycle Saturday? Circus. Cycle so Circus? It's like a Nitro Circus ripoff, right. <laughs> but it's it's in Painesville or something, or really? somewhere over there. Yeah. But they have dudes, like there's like, I guess there's like, a, like 20 different like freestyle motocross guys, okay. mountain bike guys, and then strippers. And they put it all together, and so apparently I watched, I watched, I watched, I watched this Somebody video. Somebody Google this immediately. I watched Where this video. Where is this event? They hang giant balloons with glitter in them, and these dudes are doing backflips and hitting the balloons with their back tires, which spread the glitter out into the air, and then <laughs> fall on the the fire blowing strippers that are on top of the dirt jumps. So wait, 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 <laughs> this wait, is wait. happening tomorrow night. They're go-go dancers. Go-go dancers. Don't, 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 oh, I disrespected yeah, yeah, yeah. them. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I don't, but if you're given a, a nice enough tip. You, right. You might so go. it's just a tip. Just it's a tip. the largest <laughs> FMX freestyle entertainment show of its kind in the world right. it's today. Ha- and it's happening tomorrow. Kids under 10 are free. Because oh. I was thinking I was going to take my daughter. If <laughs> I <could> freestyle. <laughs> And you know what? You know they're good because the first, uh, the very first 
sponsor is from Circus Freaks Motorcycle Club in Saracena, Florida, <laughs> who is the most juggalo ICD clown oh, yeah. looking you're ever going to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is an extremely yeah. juggalo uh, ICP looking how, clown. How do they spell freaks? Is it? Uh, they... They did actually spell it right. I gotta give yeah, it credit. Yeah. They didn't. Uh, yeah. But well, I, it, they have videos up, and these guys are like, it's not like it. You're not getting like the half sell. You're not getting guys that are like, hey, I can do a tail whip. You know, like that. These guys are doing double flips, and it's pretty interesting, man. Yeah, I. I you're right, and there are many, many ladies applying. Uh, angle grinders to their metallic clothing. What <laughs> <laughs> for the making of the sparks and whatnot? Uh, well, I gotta give you credit. That's pretty cool. It's Johnny Rockets. Cycle Johnny Circus Rockets. Live. That's it. That's him. Live, live, live. We'll and, 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 see. and his lady, who is like Miss, it's always a Miss. It's Miss, like. Miss Flameflower. Yeah, Miss Castor Oil. Miss Firecrotch, something like that. Like, she's like, whatever. But she's also like, and they all have slashes. So it's not just like MC. Right. It's like MC, Fire Thrower, Grinder, Dominatrix, Aerialist. Something like they slash all have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slashy, slash, slash, and slash. Aerialist. Aerialist. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I would love to tell you, I, what? So I am trying to navigate their website right now, and the only thing that I am lacking thus far is an address. Yeah, no, it's their, their website's awful, and it really pissed me off because I was trying to figure out where they're going to be. Right. You have to I go to too. Facebook. I... You have to go to Facebook and enter the same thing, and then it tells you, really, yeah, where it's happening, which is. Yeah, I, I was going to say their website itself has nothing in yeah, the no. way of an address. And, they, on it. and the website has stuff like tour and all this, and you hit yeah, yeah, tour yeah. and it doesn't yeah. tell you shit. No. This kid just did a somersault on his motorcycle in midair. Yeah. A somersault. <laughs> a somersault. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, no, the bike didn't somersault. Oh, no, he did. <laughs> he somersault. somersaulted on the bike. Check. I was. Yeah, no, they guys are legit. Yeah, I was, I was getting that wrong. All right. <laughs> the bike it. is here, yeah, going through okay. there. He does a somersault on the it's bike. The and then Globe of Death. The Globe of Death. Lake Erie Speedway. Here it is. Lake Erie Cycle Speedway. Circus Live. Witness the largest freestyle motorcycle entertainment show of its kind. Ten kids, ten and under free. Did Saturday. You say yep. Saturday, August eighteenth at seven p.m. Cycle Circus Live flies into the two thousand eighteen season fueled by quick fill. See freestyle motocross, freestyle BMX, live daredevils, divas, Globe of Death. Cybertrons and much more. Cybertron? I don't <laughs> even know what that is. But I like the <laughs> sound of Cybertron. Cybertron. I got a Cybertron. Do you have a Cybertron? Shop now. Let's shop now and find out how much this is. This is. I have no idea. But okay, I can hold tell on. You that Cycle Circus Live. That's what we want. Buy tickets. Day, so. Isn't that where uh, Transformers come from? Cybertron. Yep. Price tier. You can be blue for thirty dollars or orange for twenty. I want to be blue. blue. I'm going to go with the orange. Well, let me tell you, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, okay, all right. I and rain date. They even have a rain date. If it rains tomorrow, it'll it be there on Sunday. Tomorrow, by the way. Well, then they'll be there on Sunday. Okay, all right. So there you go. Wow. Okay, well, that's so, the thing. So speaking of thing. circuses, yep. we can circle back to um, the the things that took over the road, the people, the... The motorcycles that took so, yeah, over the road yeah, yeah, of Cleveland. We're talking about the uh, the youths, the exuberant youths the that youths. took over the roads of Cleveland on their lightly stolen, well, assumedly stolen, but certainly not license plated, 
Well, dirt bikes and we had an quads. episode of riding dirty. Yeah. Riding dirty. Unless, of course, you are a mayor who believes that they are all 100% legit. All they're looking for is a parking lot downtown to ride and they have one. in. They have one. They're using it. Funny enough. They there was they had that hall set up in the parking yeah. lot, the Muni lot. Yeah. They were doing that like last weekend. We saw them, yeah. And then next the very following weekend. Right. And there were about fourteen people in the Muni lot doing wheelies and whatnot on asphalt. Right. And then there were like said 145, 135 people yeah. Yeah. riding dirty through the neighborhood. From the east side of Cleveland to all the way to the west side. The west side of Cleveland. Big old ride. Yeah. Big old ride. Probably had a And gas terrorizing spot. people, like yeah. like through front yards. Kids in minivans, moms, dads at stoplights, getting almost One of the hit. YouTube videos was a cop, uh, a, a citizen, pulled up to one of Bay Village's finest yep. and said, What the hell are you what, doing? What, what are you doing? How come you're not arresting these people? Right. And the cop said, Get back in traffic, sir. Get back in your lane, sir. Get back in your lane. He says, No, what the hell are you doing to stop this? And the best was the cop the said, cop was What like, do you want, what me, do you to want do? me to do? Yeah. Lakewood uh, got yeah. five. Lakewood got five. Lakewood well, one crashed. Them. One crashed yeah. hard, and yeah. then got him, and then the other yeah. four they stopped. Yeah, yeah. I, the Lakewood internet, the internet erupted with "What would you do?" or "I would do this." And so many people said I would run a cable up between tree A and tree B. Right. You know, fishing line, piano, yeah, piano wire, or whatever. And I was like, "Come on, guys! I mean, that's that's, that's bullshit. You don't want to murder anybody. You don't want to murder anybody." And realistically, the total impact of this is. You got to hear, rack, 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 rack. so it sounded like mid Ohio for twenty five minutes in your neighborhood, you know. Uh, but they're promoting it like they're doing. So, and this is coming from an idiot that used to be involved in the situation. Is there any situation. reason? They, they're, they. It's bike life. It's, it's but it's not a protest of anything. See the bike life guy. Activism. I looked into him a little bit. Yeah, and I think he's relatively. He's more about like. Giving kids something to do because right. they need something to do so they don't so gang bang. So wholesome spin He, I think, is a more of a wholesome kind of guy. Right. Well, who, he's trying. Cause who he is has... trying to like run a garage and help fix these kids' bikes and stuff okay. and give them something to, right. you know, to do. But but in his videos, he also lets guys say, like, I grew up, I just walked to people's houses, took their bikes, and that's what I rode. And when I wrecked them and blah, blah, blah. So he's got a Facebook presence. Right. And you can then just go on there. And look at all the people who have liked or commented mm-hmm. on his stuff, and right. you follow those off. And you, right. I mean, it really, you could crack this. You could find these. Well, you that's could, the thing. So, yeah. like, if you go to YouTube right now, every day he's released a new Cleveland video. Okay, it's documenting the whole ride. Okay, the entire ride. Right, and nobody's wearing face masks except for two people. The okay. rest of everybody is there. There's guys. There's this like this like white dude that's like Mr. Cool guy. And he has his motorcycle decked out in like two one six and a website and a, an Instagram handle right. and all this stuff on his graphics. <laughs> very, and very he's final. being featured in the video. So if the co- like, if I was a cop and I looked at this video and this dude's uh, the funny part was is he was by Whole Foods right. on Richmond Road or whatever where I live, yeah. and he's like wheeling past all this stuff, and right. I'd be like, okay. There's your Instagram handle. There's you. I have you doing it. Right. What's why not just spend five minutes and say, hey, dude, come in. We're talking to you right, right. now. Yeah. You know, like and I'm not saying like you know like I get it. I I used to like wheelies. I used okay. to do all this stuff yeah. and everything. But these they, they're shutting down like the most wheelies. We a lot of times back in the day it would be on the highway. Right. It'd be late at night. You never went the wrong way in traffic. I never went the wrong way on traffic. No, right. I didn't. You never generally ran through intersections no. without giving it any thought. No, right. all and I was never good enough to do this. But the guys you that were may good, have were on your worst day, went out on the highway, lined up some bikes to hold traffic and, and spread it. Gave yourself a range out ahead to do some guys could go out and do wheelies. Yeah, do wheelies, do whatever. You and if somebody wrecked, lightly. and somebody wrecked the whole. It was like. 
It was like, um, you know how they have like the autonomous drones now that yes. work together? It was like all the bikers were autonomous drones. Right. And when one dude went down, they all kind of space traffic out to move them right. around the guy that right. fell, yeah, you get the bike off, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not saying it was any better, right. and I'm not saying it was great, but this is attacking, like, suburbs. This is attacking, like, places that, like, you know, and they go from... Like, I believe you are correct. I believe you when you say that, because of why did... You know, why did they come all the way over to Lakewood, Rocky River, yeah, Bay right. Village? Like right. they, that was a state. They're taunting. And, the thing, state. And, and, I, and you can hear the guys, like, the, since they released these new videos, and there's more and more videos coming up, you can hear the guys saying, and there's some positive stuff. To, like, it's all about, I don't care what you ride, if it's right. a four-wheel, two-wheel. So they have, like, a good, like, they're, they're motorcycle right. enthusiasts. So I'm not taking that away from them. But then they're like, I think they're going to cities where the police have already said that they don't have a chase policy. Correct. So they're basically like putting their fingers up in the thing, saying like, "You're not going to chase us. We're going to fuck with you." Right, and that's what it comes down Ooh, that's to. That's where we're going to ride. Yeah, and that's and you see that in the videos in Lakewood and stuff when they're, the the cop car is following, but he's not following. He's in the middle. He's in the middle lane, of a hundred and thirty right. motorcycles yeah. wheeling and giving him the finger and slapping the right. cop car and all this stuff and yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, say, I'm, I'm you know what? If you want to be around me and be like, "Yeah, man, it's cool," that's cool. But when the thumbs turn into fingers, yeah, or when you start yeah. slapping my shit, or if the oh. moment where I go, mm-hmm. you are actually, if I got out of the car right now, you might try to kick my ass. Yeah. Then I might go, all right, this has now turned into an aggression. I'm supposed to be here. You're not. Right. I'm on duty. You're not. I'm doing my job, serving and protecting, and you're not. So if you give me a thumbs up and, hey, cop, how you doing? We're just doing our stupid thing. We'll be out of your hair in two minutes. Then I'm probably going to be like, all right, dude, keep it safe. Don't kill anybody. Get the fuck out of my town. The sooner you're gone, the happier I am. But when it turns into fingers and slapping my car and being, you know, aggressive towards me, then it would be very hard for me to not divert my 4,000-pound vehicle. But... But here's yeah. here's the or thing. Or just slam on the brakes as right. hard as you but can. But no, but here's here's the thing that I have a hard time with with this this situation. And this is, comes from a person that I was right. involved in a squid scene. It was you know, yeah. now that I'm older, I I'm kind of embarrassed about it. But that being said, the worst crash where somebody literally was like, "Wow, we got to get this guy to the hospital." Right. Even my down. my crash. I I had a really bad crash trying to do a stop way too fast. And my bike slid down route 2 or mm-hmm. whatever, 90 or whatever yeah. like that. At 10.30 at night, and people were blocking traffic, so my bike slid into nothing. They put yeah. in a pickup truck. We left, whatever. Right. These dudes are out in suburbs, and they might think they're the greatest motorcyclists in the world. They might have talent that right. none of us will ever achieve, and I'm not taking that away from them, right? Yeah. But their tire blows out while they're doing the squiggly wheelie, yeah. right? And now they're in the middle of the street, and there's right. five kids playing in the front yard, and this bike goes flying into that front yard. And I did this, watch the video, and no less than 100 of them were left of center. All the time. All the time. With like people in minivans and had kids. They taken up the whole road. Right. And anybody who was coming the other way, they were forcing them into the curb. Right. And red lights were nothing. And beating on the cars that were being forced into the curb. Right. And so, so that was, that's mm-hmm. unnecessarily shitty. Right. Keep in mind that in less than 45 days, we are all going to be participating in a group ride. And I talked to some people around. I'm like, we've had a ride where we had well over 150, close to 200 bikes. Yeah. But we, and I'm not going to say we didn't roll through some intersections and stuff, but we were two by two. We weren't, we were going in the, going in the lanes of traffic. We put a blocker into the intersection. We had, yes, we had right. Because it was me. Yeah. On a Vespa and a full British police outfit. Beautiful. Right. With a whistle. 
and waving and smiling and stopping people absolutely illegally. Violating fuck many rules. But we did it in a spirit of fun and friendship. But the ride, though, at the same time... Yeah. I don't think was endangering anybody. Not no. one person no, did a wheelie. Yeah, no, no, no. no, like there not, was nothing. It was pretty much there you know, was nobody bike that, staggered there in was, a uniform. If somebody got an immediate flat tire in that right. ride group, yeah, they might fall over. Right. But yeah. this group, if like there were so many people doing so many different things right. without being conscious of other people yeah, or anything, no control. That like they're like, and this happens. And like, there's other videos where they've been in Boston, they've been in stuff because like I mm-hmm. work slow, so I've kind of been had some time to fuck yeah, around. Check out, yeah. And there are some pretty good crashes that happen, and there's some interesting shit. And fortunately, the crashes that happened didn't happen into people. But okay. when you see the stuff in Bay Village and Avon and places like that, where yeah. they were cruising through like this, like really kind of densely populated yeah. little areas, there are people in their front yards. There's oh, yeah. a terrified woman on the one thing that they had on the news. She called in. She's like, "These people drove through my front yard. My kids were playing out exactly, like you know, oh, yeah. and stuff like that." I watched three quads decide not to use the not to use the pavement. Right. At the intersection of Clagan Lake. And they went across four people's yards to cut the corner. So let me ask you this. So yeah. we're all motorcyclists, yeah. you know, and, and, and many people that listen to this are motorcyclists. Yeah. And you know as a motorcyclist, unless you're like Captain BMW that never, ever breaks a rule. Right. Yeah. Some of us do dumb shit. We ride fast, we take chances. Yeah. Right. And so, like, <laughs> you know, everybody at this table has done some interesting right. stuff at certain times. But... The risk to reward factor is always part of my mind, even in my stupidest moments. Right. And I I am more than willing to say the risk that I'm taking is something that I'm willing to... If I come out of this dead, that's yeah. my problem. Right. But when I do that... I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to take... Right. Uh, nobody else signed up that day. When, 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 when I decide to be an idiot, right. nobody else around me was like, you know what, I agree with you. Let me sign up for that, and if you crash, yeah. I'll go with you. No. Never like, in my wildest... or Never ever... Have I ever wanted to or thought it was ever a great idea to try to provoke police? Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want nothing to do with police. Right. Yeah. I right. don't, I'm not out there. I'm like, oh, nope. I try to stay right. under the radar. And, like, to actually do something like this to where you're actually trying to fuck with the police. And, like, good luck with that, brother. Yeah, it just seems I like. I got no sympathy. Yeah. Yeah, once, you, once your goal is to let's go fuck with police, then I'm like, well, dude, you you Hope deserve whatever. whatever. Yeah. From this point on, yeah. it's all, it's all you, on you. Once brother. you say part of this part of this ride is we're going to fuck with police, then oh man, look the reason play I don't, stupid games, win silly prizes. But let me ask right. you this: mm-hmm. so prizes. there there are at least one person here that has been a police officer yeah. in their career, right? Yeah. And okay, two, two maybe us, two. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. um, a motorcycle is a deadly weapon. And so at what point now, what, what kind of community protest would happen if one of these guys came through and a cop is trying to shut How about down? I'm a concealed carry guy and I'm walking right. down the sidewalk and some biker comes doing a wheelie down yeah. the sidewalk at I me. I see a bike coming at me. All I have to say is that I had what would deem to be reasonably prudent fear for my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Would a reasonably prudent Death man, or physical harm. Would I fear death or physical harm? Or even put your kid. You have a three-year-old kid next to you. Or somebody else's. Somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either way. It doesn't matter. Three-year-old kid. If I fear death or physical harm, then I am well within not just my rights, but the law to use deadly force. Right. To protect myself or the other people. And that's where I'm not a Second Amendment carry kind of guy. I'm not. I don't carry. 
I have a concealed carry permit, but I don't choose to carry. And that being said, I would never want to be in the situation where I would have to make that decision, especially against somebody on a motorcycle. And that situation always goes wrong. And the last thing that anybody wants to do is, I don't ever want to unleash a bullet in the environment, because I guarantee that bullet is not going to go where the fuck I want it to go. Right. A million dollars a bullet. Exactly. Remember that comedian? You ever hear that one comedian? He's like bullets should cost a million dollars a piece. Yeah, five thousand like bucks yeah. a piece. Right. He'd be like, there'd be no spray. Nobody would spray anybody. Yeah. It'd be like, I, I hate you enough to send the very yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's what it comes down to. It. I don't think that that's the solution. I think that John's right. Absolutely, an intelligence game. If you want to stop this, I I had another great idea. Yeah. So you the know, Cleveland police have KLR six fifties now because apparently the BMW. 850s that they got yeah. weren't up to the task, or BMW yeah. 650s they got. Somebody just told me recently the that they had KTMs. No, no, they no. Had B, well, they, they may we have just built four KLR. Right. Oh, okay, okay. And we, I've seen them a lot patrolling the heavily ganged up, super off-road urban assault, bad dude, bad hombre territory <laughs> of West Park. Right. So I've seen <laughs> two of these dudes on KLRs that you built. And they're beautiful, and they are definitely law enforcement motorcycles. And they patrol the shit out of West Park, where, as far as I know, we do not have a motorcycle problem right. at all, unless you count Smedley's, which is a bunch of slightly overweight, no, mostly overweight white dudes in their 50s parking their street glides in front of Smedley's listening to the ACD cover band. Uh, we don't have a motorcycle problem over here. No. No. This is not where motorcycles somebody are Somebody said being. something about at one point there was something rolled through here one time. Yeah, somebody, right, once again. Somebody said something. Somebody said something, but I have had a shop here now for three years. And the incidents of motorcycles, some people were like, well, we don't want to have three motorcycle shops in this neighborhood. Because we do. We have three motorcycle shops in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And... They're like, well, we don't want to have three motorcycle shops in this neighborhood because it's going to, what? What is it going to yeah, do? What? Yeah. what is it going to fucking do? You're going to have, what, more Etsy accounts selling little pink pigs wearing Harley coats? Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think there's any chance no. in shit that what's happening out here could ever turn into a motorcycle problem. No. Not unless it's due to OC, over chrome. And that's the worst thing. It'd be like all the fire plugs are chrome. Right, right. There's S and S filters on the fucking crosswalk signs. Right. Yeah. The other thing, I, uh, another perspective is probably this shit's been happening a lot over on the east side. I mean, I've been over to the fifth district working on cars and stuff now, and dudes go past the fifth district doing a wheel stand waving right. all yeah. the time, like. Yeah. They've taken FTP yeah. to a whole new level. Well, that's what back back in the day when we were stupid. I don't even think it's like that. I think they're just waving at the police. Say, hey, guys. Oh, well, they don't give If you money. go deep in the hood down on St. Clair on the east side stuff, yeah. and this is back in the day, it'd be July and it'd be like 105 degrees outside yeah. and all the brick buildings retained heat. Yeah. So at about 1 a.m., everybody was hanging outside on their porches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'd have 20 or 30 guys together, and we'd go ride, and we'd go down yeah. the street, and occasionally guys would do wheelies, but they were slow wheelies. Like, it was kind of the thing was getting to be slow wheelies. Oh, the slow wheelie is much cooler than yeah. the fast wheelie. So yeah. the thing is, is that it Walking became a parade for yeah. people, and people would cheer, and they'd get excited, because yeah. you were putting on a show for people on the porches. And, I mean, like, so part of me, I, so when I saw all this go on, I was like, I can't be hypocritical and say, like, okay... We never did anything like that because we did ghetto rides and we of did course. the stuff and went and did the stuff. But it, 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 
at some point, I think it just crosses the line yeah. when you're doing it at 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon or 5 p.m. in the afternoon when everybody's outside. Like, there right. were no cars on the street. Right. Like, like you have a level of debauchery that you hit, but yeah. your common sense still kicks in and says, well, if I fuck up, I'm fucking up, and I'm just looking at an idiot, whatever. But when you, again, when you're... Risk- have me and nine of my friends decided to go from point A to point B at maximum fucking velocity right? for no good reason other than to just... Well, let's see who could get there first. Right. Across your yeah. yard and, and risking we, your kids. Have we done it at three yes. in the afternoon? Well, no, normally the liquid encouragement hasn't kicked in by then. Right. Usually it's later. But we don't go on They're just rampage. I mean, rampage. It's a rampage. I throw my I usually put the limit as like I will occasionally hop up on a sidewalk in a super urban environment. Mm. If there's like 19 cars stopped at the light and the sidewalk's the only way to go. <laughs> right. I have been known to do that. And I didn't I thought I was the only one doing that until I did that kilted that kilt ride in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then I realized that that's just a thing. That that's just like, well, we're going to deal with this intersection. It's better to be through it. Right. Right. And I was like, well, look at all them. They're going up on the sidewalk. Then push the button for just changing press the, the light. Yeah. <laughs> press. Go out on the sidewalk. Guilt press is the button. charged. Guilt is charged. <laughs> yep. Yep. My bike's not heavy enough to switch this light. Yeah. I'm gonna go up and press the button myself. <laughs> you know what's awesome? So now they have they have um, some of the buttons. They have like when you hit it, it says walking. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right? Yep, yep. So I realized that you could DJ those buttons. Oh really? If you hit it, you'd be like walk, 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 walk. Did not know about that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Oh, that's kind of neat. Hey, I saw my first bird today. Oh yeah, the scooters. I saw one. I thought they got rid of them already. There's one sitting right up there at the tavern at the corner of when I went to get the <laughs> Somebody pizza. Somebody took it all the way down here. When I got to when I get the pizza, there's a bird. Wow. Well, and it was bird, not bird. in any way bird affixed to anything. Bird. Yeah. And a bird's just a stand up scooter. It's a rechargeable um, thing and they, you know, you can go grab it and take it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'd wondered if somebody oh, took those. the bird there. So I mean, yeah, they are yeah, literally yeah. just... Well, that's yeah, legal. Yeah, that's you true. can ride them until they run out of juice, and you leave them where they die. Right. That's right. what they do. Yeah. And there's people paid that because they have They're a tracking to clean system. Them up at night and relocate them to mm-hmm. desirable areas. Yep, and charge them. Right. right. And right. charge them yeah. overnight. And I was wondering, I was like, well, if that bird <laughs> got the person that was eating food there to that destination, and I went up and grabbed the bird... You're taking the ride. Am I screwing that guy <laughs> over? Because that might have been the bird. No, because you can there. lock it. So oh, you can lock like, it. Uh, so there's on the app. Oh, there's an app, right? Yeah. You have yeah. an app. They so charge like 15 It's just like bicycles. When I was in L.A. Um, working, you know, a few yeah. months ago, um, I rented this bicycle. Yeah. And so you take it, and it has like a little lock. That yeah. was a physical lock. But right. since the bird is controlled by your app, right. and every time, every minute you run it, it's charging you. Yeah. You can pause oh, the bird. Okay. And so like if you're going to go eat something like that, somebody else could jump on, and they can't. They activate the bird so because it's already activated. Yeah. At which point they pick it up, right, and they throw it in the lake. <laughs> and that happens. There are mountains so, of burning <laughs> birds in yeah. LA right so now. So in yeah. DC, yeah. Well, no, in DC, I guess yeah. they tried this, and they were everywhere, and yeah. they were littering oh, everything, yeah. and people were wandering down the street and everything. Yeah. And then the other thing I thought was interesting is that there's no helmets, there's no anything, no. and there's no time limit. So like you have West Six getting out with right. everybody tanked off their ass with sure. like like. Sorority girls who've never yeah. ridden anything. Yeah. Oh, I want to try this, and sure. then you just have mayhem, melee going. The on. feral bikes. Uh, we they had the feral bikes out, and we're in Seattle and Portland and whatnot. And there's you know there's the green ones and the yellow ones and mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. And they're just you know at Seattle they get some pretty sharp winds at night. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it was funny. I'd look down from my hotel window and just see yellow and green bicycles just blowing down the street <laughs> into piles at the end of the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, that's just that. 
And of course, the you know people who live there are outraged because you're driving around your city and there's just random yellow bicycle in the middle of the street. And because there's nothing to affix them to. There's no docking stations. Right. They need to think more about this. Like, I I think if they actually had exactly what you're talking about, like docking stations. Yeah. And, like, you have a... We have them. They've been been around for, you know, five years. We have the university's bikes here that are docked. And then then when I was in D.C., they have the bikes that have docking stations. Mm -hmm. And I've been... But the dockless ones... Because of the GPS technology and the app technology, yep. they're now dockless. They're just right. free range. But it's basically trash. It is basically right. trash. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know how they're... I mean, like, again, it's a new thing. It's happening. Yeah. I don't hate it because I think it is something that's cool for the people sure. to get around. Yeah. You know, when you're downtown and stuff. But they need to figure out a better way to do it. And we like, use the bicycle stuff. And we were in Seattle. We used the bicycles. We didn't use the scooters. We've done that. We, we've used the product. And... Just like I've used Lyft, like we were in Vegas, we mm-hmm. fucking lifted everywhere. And, yeah. you know, that's a thing that a lot of people are, feel very strongly about. But we had an extremely positive experience as by using Lyft. Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah. You know, it was great. And had there been a bunch the of... iPad store. Yeah. <laughs> had there been a... Wait, there was a dude who had an iPhone store in his Lyft. <laughs> so his Lyft that, yeah. was no less than 9,000 LEDs. And his lift was like hand sanitizer, cologne in the back seat, fans that blow on your neck, and it was. It might have only been screens, like screens on the back of each. You know, every like, seat had its own screen advertising mm-hmm. him, the person. <laughs> and welcome to my iPhone store. It was like yeah. I am like wow. Uber's like what is ever his lift handle was or whatever. When I have it set up like this, it's like I'm just playing a video game. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's so happening, right. too? And I've had this now three game. times, and yeah. one dude's in Cleveland. He's my guy now. Yeah. So you call Uber, you call Lyft, whatever. I was going to the airport, and uh, I, and I called the guy who got there. We, we started the conversation. He was a nice guy. We're talking yeah. back and forth. And he's like, okay, I have to tell you, besides riding Lyft, I can be your personal concierge. He was like, instead of calling Lyft, here's my card. Of course. And yeah. if you need me to take you anywhere, it's 20 well, yeah. bucks. yeah, 20 bucks. So these guys yeah. are giving you cards, yeah. and it's like brilliant. They're using Lyft to get all these guys. They're hand- he had It had like a G6 jet and a limo and all this stuff I on his car, and he said, whatever no you need. Like, you problem know. with people being hustlers. Yeah. I yeah. don't. And if you're going to get me where I need Here's to go for 20 bucks, yeah. this is what I need. <laughs> when you pick me up next time, I want a bottle of vodka mm-hmm. and a girl that said she never was with me. Right. I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't pay him to show, we pay him to leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. But yeah, that's I mean that's a part of society that, that has gone. And in the motorcycle industry, with us looking at these scooters and yeah. bicycles and mopeds and stuff, I've had more people come in here in the past fucking three weeks looking for a they what they want is they want a moped. They want mm-hmm. two wheeled transportation that they don't need a license for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I tell them the last moped that was sold in the United States was like 10 years ago when Tomos drew its last breath mm. because your marketing strategy can't be 14-year-old boys. Right. Because <laughs> if your target audience Unless is, it's porn. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So, if, if your marketing strategy is all about 14-year-old boys, you ain't going nowhere fast, no. pal. Because the 14-year-old boys that tend to be roaming around today are not as industrious as yeah. I was. Right. And I could have afforded a moped when I, I was 14. Well, I did. On my income. But the kids that are coming in today, or the parents are coming in today, when I'm like, no, they don't, mopeds don't exist. Mm-hmm. 
Well, but what about this scooter? He's got to be 16. Yep. He's got to have a license. You need to have a license. This thing goes over 30 miles per hour. There are laws that what say about e-bikes. Though? Yeah, e-bikes. There's yeah, a bring some e-bikes. There's a law going through Ohio right now. Oh, is there? They're about, they're about to really re they're about to really rework or rejigger the law in Ohio regarding e-bikes because at the moment e-bikes are the fucking it's it's wild west right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yamaha's making electric bicycles and, and stuff like that. so is, is Harley Davidson. BMW <laughs> has already has them. Yeah, uh, Piaggio already has them. Right. There's They're, a there's a store yeah. that opened in Akron, an e-bike store, and mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny going in. And it's like you see these mid-drive motors, and it says yep. Bosch or yep. Yamaha or whatever. Exactly. And we sold them too. We sold German uh, A2Bs from Ultramoto mm-hmm. that were hands down 35 pr- miles per hour, no problem. Oh yeah, there not was, a pedal on the fucking thing. There's the guys yeah. from LQ or Eloquy yeah. or whatever like that, and uh, I know that you know Paul works for uh, um, Velofix, Velofix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those guys also do LQ electric bikes, and it's pretty crazy. Like, um, I went out to the guy. He lives out way out in Chesterland or somewhere out there. And he has this big property with this big yeah. gravel track. And he's like, okay, here's the thing. You hit this button, it's a normal bike. So right. I'm riding, and I'm like, okay, pedal, like how? pedal, pedal, yeah. pedal. Then you hit the second thing, and it's an assist. Right. And you don't even feel it, but all of a sudden you're going 10 miles an hour faster. And, that's and you're still exerting of... the right. thing, but you're still you're going faster. And then he's like, the third time you hit it, it's it'll be like electric. full electric, and it goes yeah. about 22. Right. And he's like, and then this is not on the customer bikes, but right. hit it again, and then you get the full balls out zero experience. Right. And you fucking hit it, and this fucking bicycle does 45 <laughs> right. miles. And you're yeah. like, yeah. And this, It's fucking crazy, yeah. man. And a lot of states have the rule already where the bike has to be pedal assist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the ones that we were selling for a while that were being mm-hmm. sold in the California market, Florida market, where it has to be pedal assist, the only way they worked is they had a sensor built into the chain ring. Mm-hmm. So there's a sensor built into the chain ring so that when it. you put torque yeah. on it, when you add torque on it, it, it basically is saying, allow the power now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you pedal more power happens than what you're pedaling yeah. is. And then the other ones were just like, oh, you're not in California, you're just ready? Okay, so that just has a twist grip throttle, yeah. Yeah. snip a wire kind of thing. And But I, right now, the e-scooters or the e-bicycles, that's a pretty rogue state right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of governance on it. And I think that somebody, before the laws get too steep, could get in here and make some money real fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are Chinese uh, e-bikes in China are out of control. There's millions, billions of. Them. Well, just think about the parking. Yeah. So like, oh yeah, there's no CCs, dude. It's a bicycle. Yeah, so you yeah. can park it wherever yeah. you want. It's a bicycle. Do you know how our country feels about bicycles? Well, I guess if you're a child, it's probably okay <laughs> yeah. for you to have a bicycle. Yeah. You're you're a grown ass adult man that rides a bicycle. <laughs> Isn't that quaint? You know, I've yeah. I've been riding motorcycles for let's see, I'm 47. I started riding us. 14. Like, like I mean, I've ridden before, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, on I the road, you. whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, a while. And I've crashed three times. Yeah. And none of them were, well, one was pretty bad, but the other two were whatever. But I've been hit by cars and murdered on my bikes when I was racing bicycles. And bicycles are the most deadly thing in the I world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Like, I've been injured more. Yeah. And, like, I'm talking like I was a, an actual cyclist. Like, I had yeah. my kid on. I was like, right. paying attention, whatever. Yeah. People literally went out of their way to hit me. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they were like, look at this F word. Right. Oh, bam. Yeah. And, you know, like, whatever. You know? Sure. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Because right. you're wearing spandex. Yeah. He must grown be grown men shouldn't yeah. wear spandex. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's. And that's part of it. I just, as a person who does ride two wheels on the road all the time, 
I would never, ever fucking go out and try to battle in traffic on a bicycle. There's no way. Every time I've done it, and even riding an e-bike, you know, riding from here to home when we had the A2Bs and all the, the, the fancy e-bikes that went 30 miles an hour, mm-hmm. dude, fuck it. No, everyone else has a 20 or 30 mile per hour speed advantage on me. Yeah. I did not feel okay. Mm-hmm. I never felt like this is remotely safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're stopping and starting, you're acting in traffic like you're a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Except for the point, and your acceleration is really good, honestly, up until you get to 28 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you are a hindrance to everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Well, if and you're in an area like Lakewood, has, they right. put in some bicycle lanes. Lots of bicycles. So yes. if you have a bicycle lane, you want to get from one end of the town, yep. eh, maybe that makes sense. It is tough. You can to go down Detroit out. Avenue all the yep. way down to downtown and yep. back. I mean, people ride bicycles. I mean. They do. I'm not one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not my jam, man. Well, funny enough, it, it, the, it, it's really weird. Like you'd think, like the more rural you get, the better bikes would be. But the no, more rural you get, that's no. where you're going to get murdered. Yeah, that's where you're going to get killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. The, the three foot rule does not apply Mm-mm. in Amish <laughs> country. Yeah, my wife always thought I lied, you know, to her when I was training and when I was in shape and racing bikes yeah. and stuff. And and I'd be like, dude, you don't understand. Like, like I'd almost get hit all the time. And so <laughs> one time. She was like, I, I had a big race coming up. I'm like, I have to train today. I have to go out for at least 60 miles. She was like, all right, we'll be back by 7. No problem. Okay. So I went out, and I was in Aurora, and I was, I was finishing a 70-mile. I ended up doing 70 miles. I came back, and these four teenagers, funny enough, in an in a, in Aurora, whatever, the, the, the car of the Aurora. Right, okay. the Aurora. Right. In yeah. Aurora. The Oldsmobile right. Aurora. I'm going, and, and, and these Toyota kids pull right. up, and like I'm, I'm going downhill, so I'm doing yeah. about 35. I'm pedaling really hard. I'm trying to get yeah. in. Kids come up like nice pants, bag, and all this stuff, right? And right. I'm like, I'm I'm so used to it. I'm like, whatever, you know. I just keep yeah. going, and then they just did the whoop bam. And there's a curb on this side, so my wheels hit the curb, yeah. and I fell this way. And I had a ten thousand dollar racing bike, so at that point, I became hold the bike up, hold the bike, and up, I'm and sliding, there, right? Yeah. So I slide down the thing, and I, I come to a stop, and all my shit's ripped up, and like I'm missing, like I still to this day, I'm missing like tattoo way up here, <laughs> like I'm, all this stuff. This is gone. So, but I didn't know it. I you right. know I had shock going on. So I picked the bike up. Oh yeah. So I picked the bike up and I'm looking at the bike and I'm like, oh please don't be broken, whatever. Like that. And some some dude pulls up and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did you get their license plate number? He's like, oh I'm sorry, I didn't. He goes, it's a black Aurora. I'm like, yeah, I saw that. He's like, all right. And he had a little girl with him, right? Hey. And the girl's looking at me and she's going like, like like looking horrified. Yeah. And the whole time I feel like there's flies around me, so I'm yeah. swatting at these flies. And after talking for a while, I realized it's that it's the blood coming off of okay. me from all over, right? Yeah. So I finally get home, and I walk in, and the whole left side is destroyed, but the right side's normal. Right. And I'm about an hour late. So I walk in, and my wife's like, you better have been fucking hit by a car, because we needed to go about an oh, hour ago. Shit. And I turn this way, and she's like, oh. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> We're cool. So anyway, so then she started she to... walk right into that yeah, one. <laughs> so she started to believe me a little bit about ah, it. Gotcha. So then I healed, and I was training again, and I, I bought her a bike for Christmas that year, and we started riding, and she, she wanted to race cycle cross with me. Okay. So we're going to start training. So we go on our first big road ride, right? Yeah. And we're out. And three times in that ride, guys came up, get on the fucking sidewalk, you assholes. Yeah. And then I told the guy, get flipped the one guy off. He turns around, yes. drives back, comes back to try to fight me. Right. He's in a pickup truck eating a cheeseburger. He's right. 370 pounds. Exactly. His wife's 500 pounds in the right. fucking car. 
no disrespect to fat people, but I'm just saying, you know, you're going to make fun of fucking somebody for riding their bicycle. Right. Or whatever. And she was like, I can't believe this. Like, you're not kidding. Like, dude, they hate fucking bicyclists. Yes, yeah. they do. And, like, here's the thing. When you're on a rural road like that, yeah. you're holding up that person's life for half a, oh, nothing. Half a second. Nothing at all. They're willing to kill you well, over many, half a second. How much did they kill before they got to you? Right, well, of course. Because yeah. they yeah. <laughs> made the hell down. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I, I never understood that about America compared to other countries is their hatred for cyclists. Well, mm-hmm. it's just that thing. It's, it, I'm t- I assure you, it's that thing, and that's why, as an adult, I choose not to embark upon. I know it doesn't the make pedal s- persuasion. It's mm-hmm. not where I am. I know yeah. it doesn't make sense. I know it's wrong with me. But when I go through the park. And there are people riding bicycles on the road through the park when there is a perfectly good trail. There's a lot of really bad cyclists. It kind of pisses me off, but I understand that when you're on a road bike, you don't really want to ride on the all-purpose trail trail with people walking and everything. Well, no, but it also depends on what you are. If you're on a person with, like, the step-through fucking, like, like, uh, get-in-shape bike and you're doing 12 miles an hour, that's where you should be is on the trail. But if you're training and you're doing 25 miles an hour on the flats on your road bike, you're going to murder people on the biking trail. I saw the accessory. I know. It just still bothers me that there's a whole fucking trail right there. Yeah. You got to be out here. The safety vest on a tight two lane road. Where yeah, I what kind wait. of car did you have in two thousand? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bicycle safety vest that is an LED display on the back of it that displays your speed on the back of your vest yeah. for bicycle riders, hmm. so that when they're going down the road, that you can see that on the back of their essentially oh, jacket on their safety vest. vest. In addition to the conspicuity of being illuminated, it says. 27 miles Say per that hour. word again for us. Conspicuity? I love it. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a good word. <laughs> yeah. Conspicuity is important if you're a motorcycle rider. Mm-hmm. Work those triangles, people. Uh, the, uh, and, if, and, if, and if you know what I'm talking about, you've taken one too many MSF courses. The, uh, but the this thing says 29 miles per hour on the back of it. And the mm-hmm. idea is to send a message to car drivers mm-hmm. that, <clears throat> hey, guys, I'm not going 10. I'm going 29 right. in this 25 zone, or I'm going 29 in this 35 zone. Right. I'm not as slow as you think I am, motherfucker. Right. Give me a little room, because I'm not slowing you down that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea yeah. of having the speed on of you illuminated on the back That's of you. Idea. I also did get a traffic ticket in the Metro Parks on the east side <laughs> for going down Squires Castle Hill oh, yeah. on a Pook Meteor Luke's. <laughs> at 41 miles per hour. And I was cited for exceeding the 25 mile per hour, 30 mile per hour speed limit in the park. Right, right. Because I was going 41 in a 30 on a bicycle. Right. And I got a good chuckle out of it. And my parents thought, yeah, but you're paying this. <laughs> I, I, met a I was guy. like, I'm not going to pay it. It's a bicycle ticket. I met like, a guy. Oh, no, you're paying. <laughs> I met a guy one time riding. This guy comes up, and he had a titanium bike, and he had this giant grizzled beard, and he was this old, like, dude. And he comes up, and he's like, and he has this crazy English accent. And he's like, oh, hey, mate, you've been riding a lot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I never, so we, I'm like, you still ride? I'm like, oh, yeah, about 50 miles ago. And he's like, oh, do you mind if I join you? No, not at all. And on his bike, because he came up, I was riding here, and he came out on this side of me. Yeah. I, I pulled back and let him leave for a minute, yeah. and he had a three-foot illuminated bar that stuck out this way with the thing that wow. said three feet. Three feet, right? Yeah. Right. And so the guy, but the whole time he's talking to me, he has this crazy British accent, and he tells me, he's like, oh, I'm a professor at Cleveland State and all this okay. stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, I average about 35,000 miles a year on my bicycle. Whoa, 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 whoa. 35,000 
Thousand. Thousand. He rides every miles day, you know, 50, a 60 year. miles a, a day on plus bicycle. Bicycle, whatever. That's a hundred miles a day. It's a lot. It's it's he was he rode wow. a lot. Like it was insane. Like he the, he he's been through this titanium, like a light speed titanium bike supposed right. to last a lifetime. He's had four of them. Like whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so I got into I got into like this guy kind of stuck with me. I was like yeah. an interesting cat, and we rode yeah. for about three hours. We talked a lot, and he didn't really give me a lot of information about his past, but just what he's doing, whatever. Yeah. So I look up Cleveland State yeah. and this, and I can't find the guy, yeah. but it, kind of his name. You can't but find I, him because he's busy riding. Well, no, but then I finally find it, and it's like, this is the worst professor in the history <laughs> of the thing. And he's like, he never really shows up. He has no class prepared. Right. He's never there. And on top of that, he has a fucking fake accent. He grew up in Boston. Wait a minute. And then everybody, there was all these comments like, well, how does this guy get off? And like, he, like he yeah. seriously grew up in the United States. Why does he have a British accent? Nobody's explained it. He won't explain it. Blah blah. blah. And it's like the next one was like, "How does this guy still have a job? He hasn't been in his office in like a month." <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, a bitch. Yeah. But all that aside, he had a really cool thing that stuck really out. Cool thing that stuck <laughs> yeah. On that, I will remind everybody to please ride fast and take chances. Fuck, press a button. Press a button.